0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast is Honey LeBronx, again for part two. We had so many good conversations that they could not be contained to one episode. And as you'll hear in the end, there will probably be more parts to come. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I would go back and listen to episode 35 to get the foundation for our conversations. They might make a little more sense, or maybe it's more fun if you don't have that. Either way, I hope you enjoy. I, as I was listening back to the first part, I not only loved our conversation, but I was actually laughing out loud because I was like, okay. Honey LeBronx is the vegan drag queen and we for sure didn't really talk about being a drag queen and we had just started touching on being vegan and I was like the whole thing
1: (laughs) before I'm so sorry I know that we kind of just started but um one thing I didn't what is stabbing me sorry do you ever get this thing where there's just like every single t-shirt you has there's a tiny piece of metal in it that just sticks you right in in the love handle is Mm -hmm. exactly where it keeps stabbing me but I found it you know what it is it's another metal fiber oh no oh no cutting I was watching unsolved mysteries last night and I was just like kind of I was like putting my hat on and the brim of my hat pushed against my scalp in a way that I went oh and then I realized there's more shrapnel shrapnel in my scalp and I'll tell you I could be watching HGTV. I could be watching, you know, Drag Race, but it's while watching Unsolved Mysteries that suddenly <laughs> I don't want to dig into my scalp with a metal tweezers that, like when I'm seeing forensic stuff about like, yeah, they only could show us the his face and chest because I guess the rest of the body was just-, just Oh my God. Just ruined. Um, that's when I don't want to dig into my scalp. No, Fair I was enough. gonna say, um, that reminds me, I was doing um, a show, the Will Rogers Follies, back when I was um, in Wisconsin. You know, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. there, the, the, the lead woman, uh, Laura Neuser, who was playing Will Rogers' wife, Betty Blake, there was a scene where she's on stage and like Will Rogers has just died and she's singing this ballad about like, oh my God, I'm going to miss you as you do when people die. Um, And she said it felt like there was like a safety pin or something in my outfit that like while I was singing, I felt like a little like a little like jab, a little sting. And she, and then she was like, oh, my God, like, OK, don't move that way again, because there's a safety pin or something. And then she felt it again. And then she kept feeling it and just had to finish the song. She went off stage. There was a B in her in. <gasps> a bee inside her costume. It was winter. It was winter, winter in Wisconsin. And there was like a hornet or something. Also bees are my biggest fear. Oh, interesting. Biggest fear. I mean, like I would rather swim with, like if, if you were trying to like corner me and it was like, okay, I'm on a side of a cliff and there's a swarm of bees coming at me or you jump off the cliff and then you land in like the ocean where there's the sharks who are, you know, bloodthirsty. The bees would the bees would win out. Like the bees, would, I'd be like, I'm too afraid of the bees. They chased me off and, and the sharks got me. But at least I'd be like, at least I get to fall for a bit. Feels like flying. I get to swim a little, spend a little time in the ocean. What can
0: we you know? dig into that created <laughs> this.
1: I don't know where that came from, but it is election day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you get stung by bee as a kid?
1: I did. I, um, oh my God, how do I tell this story without all the horrible things we said as children? We had a neighbor uh, in Milwaukee and as many, as most people did, um, <laughs> unless you were like indigent, you had a neighbor. And um, the, uh, the neighbor's porch, they had this like um, doormat that was like a green plastic grass doormat with like a big yellow plastic flower on it we we know the type. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid wanting to touch that because I recognize it's trying to look like grass in a flower, but I recognize that it's not, I recognize it's plastic and I'm like three maybe, but like my brain wants to know if what that feels like, because yeah. it probably doesn't feel like grass. I guess a bee was thinking the same thing at the same time. And so I just remember, I don't remember what happened. I just kind of remember the story. I remember going to touch it. I don't remember anything else, but apparently a bee then stung me in the forehead and apparently I had to like go to the hospital. Oh, damn. I remember none of this, but, um, and then I'm trying to think of any other stories of being stung by bees, but. Um,
0: you don't consciously yeah. remember it, but clearly your like body remembers it.
1: It's stored, there is a neuron somewhere Mm -hmm. that that fused with another and they're just like bees. No, (laughs) bees, bad. Honestly, anything that, like a dragonfly terrifies me. People are like, but they're dragonflies, they're beautiful. I'm like, yeah, they're big and they're bulky and they have mass and they might fly into me. I don't like like pine beetles. What's what's
0: that? Pine beetles. You know, like the black ones with the pinchers on the end, they
1: click. You mean a bug? You don't you call them pine needles? Pine beetles. Beetles, gotcha. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant pine needles. And I'm like, we're taking a jump, but okay. <laughs> Aren't you
0: following? <laughs> no, pine beetles. I don't care about bugs at all, but pine beetles, I will lose my mind. They 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 have pinchers. Like I think I that's gotta Google there. this. Yes. I think I might it. know
1: what you mean because I think growing up in Wisconsin we had something like this.
0: You had to have had pine beetles, they're menacing. scare me
1: beetles
0: and they click when they fly you can like hear them coming at least they they alert you to their presence
1: are they tiny are they big are they medium
0: they're i mean i guess i guess i don't
1: have any memory of seeing these growing up but they but they do they bite
0: Mm -hmm. do they have
1: pinchers yep Ew. what's their problem
0: i don't know and i don't really know why they're here i don't know what they do
1: i mean that's sort of like that's i don't want to make this like a meritocracy like mosquitoes Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. to earn Mm -hmm. their keep like why are they here (laughs) the earth saw to put that is one beautiful thing nature there is no waste in nature Mm -hmm. like mosquitoes are here for a reason Mm -hmm. avocado pits i guess they're that size for a reason that Mm -hmm. was part of some plan matt if avocado pits were the size of raisins Maybe our oceans would be like 10% as large as they are and everything else would be like barren wasteland. You don't know. There is a balance. Wow. Wow. You know?
0: Yeah, we don't know.
1: Like the butterfly effect.
0: Oh, love that. The flap of a butterfly wings. So I just want
1: to talk about what I am drinking here. It's not typical for me. I am having a extra large mug of Yorkshire tea. I did a show in February of 2018 i did a a tour of england and i did a show in london and brighton and manchester okay can we pause
0: to talk about how cool you sound saying i I, did a tour of england
1: i'm well aware okay i just wanted to i just wanted to like that is exactly what i did i mean if i were a rupaul's drag race queen and i was like yeah we did the work the world tour we did the uk and ireland and blah 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 that's just kind of like yeah I could throw myself onto a bus and then keep showing up around (laughs) the world like hey I woke up in Belfast I woke up and now I'm in um, Liverpool look at me waking up places I'm like no I flew there and took a train there and then drove well I didn't drive anywhere Um, but uh, you can keep London you can keep Brighton oh my god like I don't even want to go into like the cultural differences and like, listen, you agreed to, to, oh, just whatever. It's such a pet peeve of mine when I agree to do a fundraiser show with an organization and there are documents, there are Google forms, there are things Mm. that you, there are check boxes where Mm -hmm. you're like, yes, I am agreeing to do this. Yes, there is no guarantee. Yes, we're all taking a chance here, but I agree to put in this much work. I recognize that if I don't put in the work, I don't owe Honey LeBronx money and whatever, but she's basically losing out on right. the opportunity that someone else could. Anyway, uh, some organizations have worked it and they've come out of there with like 600, even like a thousand dollars. Miyoko's ranch in, um, in uh, is she in Petaluma? Is her ranch in Petaluma, California? Uh, in Northern California. Um, she has a ranch, um, Ronto Compassion, and they, uh, were my fund, were my beneficiary at a fundraiser show I did in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I forget how much we raised. It was like only we raised, like only I did air quotes, like 800 or so for their organization. Okay. But several of the people volunteering with me paid attention to what I had written in like the outline and the part where I said, Hey if anyone has an employer who matches um, employee contributions or anyone has like a donor match, let it, let, you know, take advantage of that or ask around. One of the volunteers was like, oh, I can donor match at my old, like my, my, somehow his former employer, he was able to get them to do it and someone else there. So the 800 we raised for Miyoko's Farm Sanctuary.
0: We're talking Miyoko's like the delicious vegan cheese here. Miyoko, right?
1: yes, Miyoko Shinner. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay good friend of mine you know mm-hmm. just another um, you know, casual throw out I, I just go for brunch with um Victoria Moran and I stay over at Colleen Patrick Goudreau's place when I'm in the neighborhood and then Miyoko you know people talk about her butter like I guess she makes this new cultured butter and then I'm like have you had it it's so good and I'm like it's good but I just per- this is just like me listening to my, my body like I just personally <laughs> think for myself it just tastes better when you wake up in her guest room in the morning and she's already made you a sandwich for breakfast and then like that's what alert- i've
0: always said
1: yeah it just tastes better it tastes better mm-hmm, when it's like mm-hmm, on a sandwich mm-hmm. that miyoko made for you oh that you wake up to um she is the coolest human being on earth i want to interview
0: her i emailed I her, her, her and i haven't heard back
1: oh i love her i love her i love her i can imagine not hearing back because she's got so much going on in the oh, world totally but-
0: that was like a re that was like a meh.
1: we'll see what happens yeah um but uh, I
0: derailed us from your tour in Mm. England even
1: the tour was not about anything the tour was just to say when I was in Manchester I met these awesome vegans um Richard and Ellie shout out to Richard and Ellie Mm -hmm. and um and I think that's when I met Earthling apparently Earthling Ed was there like we were just hanging out or we were at a thing one day and I guess Earthling Ed was there or I guess I'm I met him or maybe I'm thinking to a YouTube video that he's in that my friend Richard is in in the background. You know how you tell a story and you're like I was walking down this like dark alley and there was a guy with a chainsaw and you're like no 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 that was a movie I saw <laughs> <this> last night. <laughs> anyway, but I was saying with Richard and Ellie, these are some bad I just want to talk about Richard and Ellie for some reason. They're these first of all the whole time I'm there and they're talking to me I kind of want to be like you guys, you guys don't have to keep doing the accent for my sake. Like, it's cute. Like, I'm really thoroughly charmed. But like, if you want to just like be normal. And then I realize like, this is what they normally talk like. I'm like, oh, that's cool. My this first ever sound. British friend, I could not get that when he's talking, he's being serious. I always think when he's talking, he's making a joke or doing mm-hmm. a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I'm like, oh, this is a real person who really talks. This is like, you know, when you're, 18 and you're just meeting your first like totally. I mean I probably met people with British accents at that point in my life but anyway so Richard and Nelly they agreed to host me while I was in town because I needed mm-hmm. a place to say you know my, I'm not talking I'm like Bob the drag queen I'm talking like there's no tour bus there's me either renting a car or flying and getting people to drive me and then it's a question of like, okay, who can host me right. for the night? And of course, no one in Brighton could be bothered. Even though there's many other people there, I was working with, no one could bother. Uh, but so I had to rent a hotel. Um, not but bitter, it's
0: fine. We're over. I'm it. not.
1: Listen, I could be bitter or I could be better. It all comes down mm. to one little letter.
0: Ooh. Original <laughs> lyrics
1: by Kathy Lee Gifford.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Kathy Lee Gifford bringing her into the episode. Anyway, Richard and Ellie were like, "Yeah, you can you can stay with us," but the morning. In the morning after your show, we're waking up at five to go to a, 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 a cow save vigil. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, you know, don't, that's fine. You know, I, I usually sleep in. They're like, no, you, you'll be coming with us. And I'm like, oh, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I generally after a show, if the show ends at midnight, I might not get out of drag until two, I might need an hour or two to fall asleep. They're like, you can stay with us. And you're coming with us to the thing in the morning if you're staying with us. And I'm like, Okay, these are the kind of people in hindsight who like they get to talk to me this way. They are those people. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were talking about a vegan pizza place in Manchester called Zad's, where I've worked at and been to many vegan restaurants where it's like people come in wearing fur and it's kind of like, yeah, we just can't really say anything, you know, like we're glad they're here, but like they're a customer and we don't want to make them uncomfortable. Like we're not here just to cater to vegans. Zads in Manchester, if you walk in with a fur, they'll be like, get the fuck out of here. And they, Who serious? the fuck do you think you are? Get the fuck. Don't ever come back. <gasps> yes like i haven't seen this for myself but they're like oh no we don't fuck around with that shit or, do you bring a bacon cheeseburger into like a a, a kosher delicatessen no and oh, you don't wear a fur my god they they don't fuck around they it's That's so amazing. nice because i don't swear on my podcast and it's kind of so i'm used to just never swearing like when i'm mm-hmm. doing an interview but um Go so anyway and, and ellie and richard were talking about why they shoplift and i'm kind of like in recovery Wait, we talk uh, about but, shoplifting okay
0: shoplifting. yeah no i just want to just want to check the in and ethics make sure you of right. shoplifting
1: Uh huh. Sure. In, in, as a person in recovery we talk about rigorous honesty and it's like you know i won what's called the affordable housing lottery so i my apartment is like what you would consider, like, uh, this, this apartment, if it went at market rate, my apartment would be like a $4,000 a month apartment. Damn. I pay 660 a month for it because okay. I won the affordable housing lottery. This is the second time I've won it. I've actually been selected for it several other times, but I've just turned it down because it's never been as nice as what I currently have.
0: I don't even know what that is you mentioned people it always ask that
1: they always ask what's the affordable and it's I remember a lottery you saying that
0: last time you were like well it's literally a lottery and i was i was yeah. like okay i'm not gonna ask
1: you well you I, that's probably me making it sound like well it's a stupid question but no you fill out your application almost like you would for like a credit report or something for like, for like a credit card application like you know your financials your background mm-hmm. your info your income you submit that and then when there is a uh, apartment and then each building has its own lottery so you keep applying to the lottery you fill out the info once then you just click to submit for each one enter your initials mine are bs um but uh, whenever people say can you can you, can you just initial that i'm like my initials are bs so sure for what it's worth but um and then when your number comes up or not when your number when they pick you um, then um, you go and interview, and then you have to show that you actually meet the income requirements and the credit score, and blah blah blah. There's all these other hoops to jump through. It's not the easiest thing in the world to get. Is it but a state it also,
0: thing or a it's, a, it's a city thing? Okay.
1: Mm. But and um, wait, now why was I talking about? Oh, so um, if when I first got this, the first time I got it. There's some technicalities. I didn't realize I didn't have to do all of this. There's an easier way I could have gone, but I tried to do the way where I had to show my income, show my work, show my taxes, blah, blah, blah. Long story, very short, I kind of didn't need to do all that. But the way, the route that I went, it's funny, I lied about certain things to get it, but then in retrospect, they were true. Like I just decided I'm just going to add $10,000 on to that. I'm going I'm to, you can amend a past tax return. If you mm-hmm. need to show your taxes from a certain year, you can be like, let's just say I made 10,000 more that year. But then I realized I looked at one of my restaurant jobs that paid me partly off the books. And I realized they didn't report my income. So I'm like, I actually worked for a little over $10,000 worth of income that didn't get reported. I, I wrote a letter, had had the uh, tax person sign an affidavit, blah, blah, blah. And I got it put in thinking I was lying. And then I realized it was actually true after the fact, You but
0: manifested it, it's fine, everything's I, fine.
1: See, there's that, but my, my, my point being, yes, rigorous honesty, 98% of the time, as my dad said to me at the time, he's like, Ben, your government is lying and cheating and stealing to get ahead and do whatever they want. If you don't do everything in your power to get this apartment, you are a sucker.
2: Ooh. And I'm
1: like, if I want advice, I ask my dad. Mm-hmm. And I do the opposite of whatever he says because only <laughs> once every 10 years does he say the right thing. And this was one of those times he said the right thing. So it's been 20 years, any day now I'm waiting him for say another. But, um, so
0: is this, is this um, related to the honesty with your um, yes. klepto friends? Yes. Okay. So okay. Okay. in
1: that sense, at that time, I still had an attachment to the idea of rigorous honesty. Like mm-hmm. if it's the truth that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if I could lie and cheat and steal and the result of it is I could find a way to get Mitch McConnell put away for life and tried for war crimes against mm-hmm. humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would yeah. absolutely do it even if it was dishonest because the ends would justify the means.
0: It's kind of like a Robin Hood situation,
1: right? If I could end animal exploitation by lying to my parents about something, then yes, it's worth that right. lie, right? Right, um, Like yeah. the animals don't have the luxury of, well, rigorous honesty. So anyway, so Richard and Ellie were talking about shoplifting and I didn't ask until, I, didn't, I never asked them, but like they made me this delicious meal and then later mentioned that they're dumpster divers, which I, at that point I had never dumpster dived. I have since dumpster dived in Toronto after a show on the way back with the host who I was staying with while I had a friend on tour with me filming a documentary of my tour. So here I am in drag with a camera crew. And my friend is like, I just want to stop here quick and see, and like I stop at the grocery store. I'm like, they're closed. She's like, I know. And I'm like, we aren't even pulling around to the front of it. We're going around to the back of it. I'm like, oh, she's like, it's Thursday. Or whatever day it was. She's like, this is when they put out all the good stuff. And she's like, do you want to come with me? And I'm like, I am in heels. <laughs> and full drag. So, With yes. a camera crew. <laughs> what do you think? Let's do this. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, can look up, you can look up Honey LeBron's Dumpster Dive on YouTube. It's a two-part video. Um, but, like, When I pictured dumpster diving, I picture ew, gross, nasty, disgusting. Mm -hmm. Imagine an entire dumpster that's filled with green peppers and there's nothing wrong with the green peppers. Well, you don't want the ones on the bottom or on the sides or touching the top lid. But guess what? The ones in the middle are only touching other green peppers and they throw away produce. It's perfectly good. The dumpsters smell delicious because as you get near it- That so sad. It's when you, when you see it for the first time, it's, it's, I, I, what is the word for like, it, it just shocks you into being awake. Because one thing, this is my friend um, Katrina, shout out to Katrina in Toronto. She told me, you know how we say animal agriculture is the number one um, contributing factor to global warming? Apparently it's not. Apparently it's number two. Do you know what number one is? Food waste? Food waste. Now, I had someone um, just coming over to like see my apartment one day. She let me see her apartment. Then she wanted to see mine. I'm like, okay. Show and me I'm yours. Sho- I'll
0: show you mine.
1: Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a very New York New York City thing. And um, I was showing her like, well, here's where like, my recycling goes. This one's for paper. This one's for plastic. We'll get back to Manchester in a moment. This one's for paper. This one's for plastic and metal and whatever. And here's for the garbage. And she's like, wait, you put your food scraps in the garbage? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like you don't compost? I'm like, no, but like, it's just food scraps. Like these are all- That's like what I always thought. It's just food, yes! I love that I don't need to explain this to you. Mm-hmm. For those who are listening, she's like, Ben, think about how, um, wait, what's the word? How blank happens. What is the process by which the sun and oxygen breaks it down? Deco- how how decomposition, decomposition basically happens. He's like, it requires oxygen. If this banana peel is just surrounded by trash, there's no way it's ever breaking down. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it just turns into methane, I guess, Mm -hmm. over time. And then that gets released. And I was like, oh, my God. And of course, I have a much smaller freezer. I'm thinking of getting a chest freezer. So I have more freezer space. But I would like to start freezing my food scraps. In fact, I've even started asking... Um, among the, um, we have like a little Facebook group for our building. It's the second largest residential building in New York. It's not the kind of building that wants us to have a little community bulletin board and they were pissed, but I was like, listen, there's a certain luxury buildings like this. They have an app called building link. And most my last building building link had a message board. So you could just go on the message board, like, Hey, Mm. I'm selling these, these cycling shoes or Hey, does anyone know of a good violin teacher? It was such a great thing to create community. I was just gonna say what community building, right? Well, they, I asked them and they're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that here. And it's like, and then they got When someone started a Facebook group and like put little slips under everyone's door. Even the doorman, who's my best friend, he was like, Oh my God, we were so unhappy about that. Like, well, yeah, should have let us do it on your service Mm -hmm. which then you're in control of but yet you try to block the voice of the people you try to block people from peopling and guess what we're going to people all over this place but anyway
0: want to compost
1: that's the thing i was saying on the group i'm like hey does anyone want to like do like a compost effort like we're like this week, it's my turn. Next week, it's your mm, turn. Smart. And like this week, okay, I'll come by and I'll collect the compost from everyone's, you know, trash room. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take it down to like the community composting place. And then next week you can do it. But cool. I mean, honestly, I think even easier than that. I I think I've since seen there's one only a few blocks from me in the park and I could probably run it there. But anyway, so Richard and Ellie, they're talking about shoplifting. And uh, oh, so I realize now that like the meal that they made for me was probably all dumpster dive Mm -hmm. food. And when Katrina made a beautiful meal for me the first night there, I'm like, oh, this is probably all dumpster. And they're not like hurting for it. They're well off financially, but they're like, we can't justify buying more food when there's enough food being thrown in the garbage. Like this is our way of helping save the earth. And um, and then I actually cooked with them from dumpster dive food and it was like, oh, this is so exciting! Like it's just all this free stuff. Um, but anyway, so Richard and they were cooking for me, and then they had like these big plastic tubs for like food storage containers. They got those from the from the dumpster. Wow. So, anyway, they were talking about shoplifting and how basically I don't want to go in this long thing about it because they said it so much better that maybe I should interview them on my podcast about the ethics mm. of shoplifting. But they were talking about um, uh, how like these corporations rule the world. They are mm. like, who says that lithium is yours? Who says that forest is yours? Who says this? these minerals from the ground are yours? They are in the earth I was born on. Those are mine. Yes, I know they're... 8,000 miles away, I'll get to them. Okay. I'm first, I'm doing my closets in the Marie Kondo thing, but they were like, (laughs) these corporations are interfering so much with our lives and not sharing any of the profits, not sharing any of the wealth. And they're like, and they didn't have to like, I can't explain it too well, but like in that moment I got shoplifting is let me see if i get this i remember 10,589 percent ethical you cannot convince me otherwise um i'm not going to do it for like a mom and pop shop but the funny thing is i know that was like
0: the first thing that popped in my head yes. i was like oh my god my my cute little small town like my no, parents worked in retail like for so long in my life like oh i just started right. panicking
1: but like even the retail thing, like, like I'm thinking of like the container store because they're boarding up all of fifth Avenue and, uh, because it's election day and Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: need to go to container store to to return some parts. And I'm like, Oh, when am I going to, and I started imagining container store getting broken into and how I'm sure their manager would be upset that that happened. But it's like, are you really that upset? Like all you got to do is do your job, let corporate deal with the loss. Mm. They've got the money for it. But, um, we went to this place, it was an all vegan grocery store. Mm. And like they had baked goods and they had every product and blah, blah, blah. And as we left, I said, but like you guys wouldn't shoplift like from there, would you? And they're like, of course we would. And I'm like, but they're like a little individual vegan. And they're like, yeah. And their parent company is Walmart. And that's when I was like, oh my God, like, that, that's, it's 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 like, it's everywhere, you know? And it's like, yeah. even, even once upon a time, whole foods seemed like, oh, I'll go to, I only buy my, my food from whole foods. And now it's just like, yeah, it's just the devil anywhere you go, you know?
0: Oh man, I have so many feelings. I'm, I have so many, I'm like, yeah. I'm feeling so many
1: things. Oh, but so anyway, they made me a cup of tea and that all relates back to the tea that I'm drinking. <laughs> Do there you understand how- ADHD, I pick up a mug of tea, and it's not just, this is Yorkshire tea, it's, there is an entire football field of tangents and branches Mm -hmm. that are associated with that. But they made me, they're like, do you want a cup of tea? And I'm like, I'm not gonna be rude and say tea's nasty, I'll take a coffee, (laughs) but fine. And they made me a cup of tea and I was like, what is this that I'm drinking? They're like, good, isn't it? And I'm like, they're like, that's Yorkshire tea. This is in Manchester, Northern England. I don't know if that's considered Northern, Northern England, but it's in the Northern. Uh, and they're like, that's sort of like what we're known for here. Like Man- Manchester, I guess, is like part, like sort of near the Yorkshire area. Okay. And I'm sure you can get Yorkshire tea anywhere, especially in England, but this is like specific to their part of Manchester. That's their tea they drink. And it's, I don't love Earl Grey. I don't love English breakfast tea. I kind of thought that's most... English tea Mm -hmm. but York and I don't put sugar in my tea and my coffee anything but when I drink Yorkshire tea it is with some oat milk and Mm. sugar and it's the most heavenly thing you've ever had it's just so good
0: I love Earl Grey and English breakfast tea so I feel like this would be
1: oh you're gonna gonna love it I'll
0: drink any tea though I'm
1: Earl Grey English breakfast, not bad, not bad. I like them they're just, Earl Grey tastes a bit perfumey to me.
0: I like, which is so funny because I add lavender to my Earl Grey.
1: I just need to say this, listen, okay. To all of Carly's listeners, I want to apologize on her behalf. A lot of people, a lot of people get caught up in this. I want, as a voice of reason, I just want to let you know, lavender is not a flavor, it's a scent.
0: Okay. Um, So something to circle back to what you said about dumpster diving made me think about something else that I've been thinking about as well, because these conversations I think are so important about how like thrifting clothes is becoming more popular and um,
1: appliances, electronics, repairing things,
0: everything. And it's such an interesting thing, how like that is just what people of lower economic status have done, like dumpster diving, thrifting for clothes, and like how the conversation turns when it's like this trendy privilege thing. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's just so interesting. Like-
1: Do you mean once it's become a trendy privilege thing, it mm-hmm. becomes socially acceptable or- Yeah, becomes... and just like okay.
0: how we think about it. Like yeah. I remember growing up and- I see I'm, what you mean. Yeah, and yeah. I'm an only child and all of our, um, I have a stepbrother, but he is 10 years younger. And, um, we had very different styles. I was not mm-hmm. handing down my clothes to him.
1: <laughs> Shout out
0: to Mason, <laughs> um,
1: but like the jars. Yeah. I'm kidding. Stop me. Go ahead. Keep yes. on. Yes.
0: Um, so I was the oldest in our like circle group of friends. So I would like hand me down clothes to people, but I didn't really get hand me down clothes. Cause I was the oldest of all mm-hmm. of our friends. And so I remember thinking like, Oh, like, I don't know if I would get clothes like at a garage sale or something. Like I just, that was like such a privilege to be like, I want to go to JCPenney for new clothes and blah, blah, blah. And now I don't like, all I do is thrift, you know? And like how I look at that is so different. But before I really examined my privilege, that conversation, I just viewed it so differently. And I think of that, I'm circling back. I'm trying. <laughs> In my head, this makes sense. But I was thinking of that like dumpster diving, because I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. when you say dumpster diving, you think of like people who live on the street. Yeah. Just like eating out of a garbage can. I
1: mean, I guess I don't think of that anymore because when I think of dumpster diving, the first thing that ever brought that onto my radar was like the idea of freegans. And... Yeah,
0: I hadn't heard that until <gasps> Parks and Rec. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Um, I... Well, I literally on my freezer, on the dry erase board, I have a topic written down because I've been looking to explore it and I just haven't known like, who do I want to explore that topic with? Or mm-hmm. I should talk about that with someone, but I don't mm-hmm. know how to, can I just bring it up?
0: Yeah, also tell tell the listeners what is a freegan.
1: Oh, oh right. Okay, so right after these four tangents, I'll get to that. Anyway, I'm kidding. Great, great, no, great. a freegan is <laughs> je- a freegan. Nothing to do with veganism. I guess you can be a vegan freegan. And I kind of don't love that they're taking the word vegan. I know. Or like call it like a, like a free Tarian or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't like Um, that. It rhymes.
1: Even, even anything Tarian. It's like there was vegetarian and that's it. Like, Everything is a variation on a Mm -hmm. theme of anti-cruelty. It's like, ooh, anti-cruelty, except (laughs) And It's like, stop it. You're just a murderer. Um, But no, uh, a freegan is basically someone who they, I, I, I guess my understanding of it is really just in terms of like, Dumpster diving. Like I think in terms of like their diet comes from like I don't eat food that had to be purchased. I only buy food that like could be acquired for free. Not necessarily I mean, I, I assume that includes shoplifting or theft or being fed in someone's home. But really, I guess my I'm realizing as I'm saying this, I don't really know what a freegan is mm-hmm. how, or how they define it. I kind of just think of a freegan as a dumpster diver, but I would imagine a freegan is thoroughly anti-capitalist, anti-consumerism, anti-acquiring things, Mm -hmm. probably minimalist DIY, and yeah, someone who just tries to get by on very little, not for the sake of being cool or minimalist, but for the sake of like, there is no ethical consumerism under- the establishment. Yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. What's your understanding of a freegan?
0: Well, in Parks and Rec, the term freaking vegan" was thrown out, and I remember being like, "What? What are they talking about?" Yeah. And, um, I think Leslie Nope. Shout out to Amy Poehler because she's listening. Um, yeah. She, she says, just told
1: me before this. She's like, "Oh my god, that's my favorite podcast. I'll be listening."
0: Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. Love hearing that. <laughs> I'll read that as my review of the week. Listen, next week. put that
1: out there.
0: Oh my, I would die.
1: Put that die. out there.
0: Die. So in the in the episode, she says something like, oh, it just means that he's vegan and it like eats food from the garbage. Like I actually think she said like eats food from the dumpster, like eats food from the garbage. And like, that was the conversation. And I think that was kind no. of it. So I was like, <laughs> okay, that's it. That's, yeah, that's all I need to know.
1: I don't think, I, I can't imagine someone who's a dumpster diver eating food out of the, like that, that suggests yeah. like, ooh, there is a lasagna down here. Like you wouldn't eat prepared food. Right, right. Prepared food is gross because prepared food is, am I, I wish I was smart enough to use the term right, kinetic, I think that's mm. the word I wanna use. As opposed to potential, right? Isn't mm-hmm. ponen- potential and kinetic the opposite to each other? Alexa, what's the opposite of kinetic?
2: According to an Alexa answers contributor, the opposite of kinetic
1: is potential. Kinetic and Ayo. potential. Look at me being s- smart ish. Um, prepared food is kinetic produce is potential right Mm -hmm. and you've got time on it i'm like so happy yeah there's a big difference it's like oh no girl you gotta eat this it's kinetic it's kinetic okay (laughs) maybe pop it in the freezer to save its kinetic potential but at any rate um so that's what a freegan is here is my question Mm -hmm. um i don't even know how to how to couch this question other than i am on a couch but but like I've heard of people making exceptions to their veganism, and in my mind, I'm like, nope, none of those are none of those are acceptable. None of those exceptions are okay. It's just mm-hmm. not because it's not vegan. You can't justify using an animal in any certain way. Um, and I I, I don't I, I I guess I'll just get right to my point. But I'm trying to think of all the arguments other people have made. Like, well, what if it's already prepared? I mean, like if someone's already gone to all the trouble of making me like a bacon wrapped hot dog, I'll be like, cool, I'm sorry you went to all that trouble. I'm not eating that. Do you wanna go shopping? I don't know, like, what do you want? Like, I'm not eating that. I don't care how much trouble you went to. I guess you shouldn't have gone to that much trouble or learn to cook faster or whatever. Learn to control yourself less. Here's the thing, reusable food wraps. I found this Instagram beeswax. ad, beeswax. Yep. This is where I'm going.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And I saw this thing and they're like, stop buying plastic wrap. And I'm like, oh. and they're like, it's waterproof. It's reusable. It's like freezer safe. It's washable, fridge safe. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is one of, this is great. And then I look it up at beeswax. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you guys able to make it without beeswax? And they're like, yeah, no, sorry. I forget if they were like, we would love to, but we haven't figured that out yet. Or like, yeah, for now, this is what we're running with. Uh, You know, even Trixie Mattel, when she came out with her um, makeup line, it wasn't vegan and her glitter was not biodegradable. Mm. But then her answer to that was like, well, no, don't wash your glitter down the drain anyway. Just be responsible and take when you when you take your makeup off, take your glitter off with tape. A lot of drag queens will take a piece of like clear packing tape and they'll take their glitter off that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, because now it's on a big adhesive piece of plastic. That's that's better because that goes somewhere else. And if you've ever been to a beach, by the way, that isn't cleaned and actually Mm -hmm. seen. I, I, went, I was in Cozumel with my friend Diana. Shout out to Diana. I'm going to give a quick plug to her and just say, my friend Diana, um, we used to be bakers in Brooklyn for the Cinnamon Snail, which is a vegan donut place. Um, That's in adorable. Brooklyn.
0: That's the best They're name awesome. I've ever heard.
1: It was like the best way to meet each other. Uh, and I can't tell our how we met story because it's not my business too, but it was like the worst first impression to make of someone, but she was aware of it at the time. And then she's like, okay, look, so blah, blah, blah. Here's what's up. I'm going to go home and you can finish your shift with so-and-so. And And this is not my first day in training. And then like a week later, when I see her, she's like, hi, I'm Diana. It's nice to officially meet you. Like aware that like, please strike from your memory. The first time we met. And I was like, I like you. She moved to Cozumel with her now husband and they opened the only vegan restaurant in Cozumel. Cali Cali Cafe. C-A-L-I cafe there is a GoFundMe me for them now you could also probably find her on facebook um diana fragoso um f-r-a-g-o-s-o she's one of my facebook friends you can find her um or just look up cali c-a-l-i cafe um cozumel i wonder what their instagram is there's a reason i'm giving them a big plug and a big shout out and then we'll get to the wax paper uh, the, the, the beeswax thing um but I went there a year ago, March, with uh, my friend Chris, and you know how you—oh, yes, it's Cali, C-A-L-I, Cafe Cozumel. Um, that is their Instagram. Okay. It's one of those, like you know how, like when you go to like your friends' play or your friend's gonna sing a little concert and you're like, oh, I hope <laughs> it's good. Yes, I, do. I went to her restaurant. I'm like, okay, let's try the food. And I'm here with like a non-vegan, like a boy who I was kind of seeing. And um, it's one of those restaurants where I'm like, okay, are you guys joking? Like what's, the, I don't get it. What's the joke? Everything can't be the, the best thing on the menu. Oh like really? everything you get, you're like, oh my God, hold the phone. And her husband, this is hands down the best French toast you're going to have. To have the world's best French toast, vegan or otherwise, you have to fly to Cancun and then take a boat across the, across the, the ocean to get to Cozumel and you go to Cali Cafe and there you will have the the best French toast in the world made by Hernan, her husband, who has never had french toast in his life he just googled a couple of different recipes and kind of figured like well i get okay it's probably meant to taste kind of like this i guess and boom <laughs> he just came up with the most perfect french toast i every single time we went we would get a new thing but then we would also get the french toast and also get the pancakes this place is ridiculous oh and while there i went to a grocery store and they had a tiny pineapple it was called a pina miel a honey pineapple Mm -hmm. and it was not a tiny pineapple but just smaller than regular pineapple i got it because i thought that sounds interesting brought it to diana on our last day on our way back i had her cut it up for me and put it in a to-go container it's pineapple that tastes exactly like honey. i would oh, never been wow. a big fan of the taste of honey, but oh my God, this stuff was incredible. Anyway, their restaurant, um, there's, there's a vegan um, uh, uh, Instagrammer called Vegan Voyagers. They're like jet setters. They travel the world. Yeah. They're temporarily yeah, yeah, living. Yeah, yeah. Yay! Mm-hmm. They're temporarily living in Cozumel. I'm like, you have to go to my friend's restaurant. They went, they sent me pictures. You're like, oh my God, yay, it's great. Then one day they sent me a picture. And it looked like I was looking at a picture of the Gaza Strip. None of the surrounding buildings, just Cali Cafe. There was an explosion. They still don't know what happened. It was in the morning before anyone was there. It happened at like 8 a.m. And they said it happened while they were on their morning walk. So like vegan voyagers were walking by and just saw it happen. I don't know if it was like a gas leak or what. But their entire building just blew up. All four war- walls, the ceiling, everything inside was demolished. Uh, someone's car parked out front was ruined, and there's damage to both adjacent buildings. Somewhat that they and they're responsible for all of this. In addition to paying their rent and bills, and paying their staff's salary, and oh, the shit. amount of rebuilding, so they're and doing COVID. a GoFundMe and co. Right and COVID. Oh. Um and apparently they live somewhere where people are also kind of being jerks and not taking it super seriously. Mm-hmm. Um but so they're doing a GoFundMe with a goal to raise $40,000. I think they're about 25% there, but also here's the thing. She messaged me to be like, "Hey, if you are encouraging anyone to give, if you could do it not through the GoFundMe, not just cuz they take fees, but if you could actually do it directly like through our Venmo or whatever mm. because in, in, there was a lot, I've never been to Mexico um, and yet I speak Spanish. Uh, and no, I don't count the time we went to Tijuana when I was like four, that just doesn't count. That's like San Diego, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my first time in Mexico. And she's like, like anyone who does anything for you is expecting to be tipped. So like the boy that bags your groceries for you, mm. you give him a tip. Like when we went grocery shopping, she gave me coins to give him cause she was like embarrassed. Like, oh no, 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 no. Make sure you tip him. Um, the local community they will see that there is a gofundme and they will be aware oh she's had how much come in so far and just because everyone there is so hard up for money everyone will start shaking them down for money and
0: survival mode yeah everyone goes into survival mode
1: mode. it it could potentially put a target on them anyone even knowing that they have that much even though they know their situation so if anyone's interested um Check out Cali Cafe Cozumel on Instagram or just hit me up and I will gladly put you in touch and um, give to their GoFundMe and share it or just give them to them directly. But at any rate, um, I don't know why I was talking about Cali Cafe, but I'm going to try to backtrack. So the, um, oh yes, Diana, while we were there, she took us to on the other side, not the side that the boat comes and docks on, on the opposite side of the island, which is like a 30 or so minute drive. It's basically all the way across the island, which is a small island, but
2: I've actually
1: been there. (laughs) Yes. So you know what I'm about to describe. I didn't know what a sandbar was. And frankly, I wasn't interested because I'm like, I don't know what you're describing. Like a beach is a beach is a beach Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is not a true statement. And I found that out when I went to Key West and I was like, it's my day off. I did my show. I'm going to go skydiving. Then I'm going to go to a beach. And she's like, well, there's no sand beaches. They're just, I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. A beach is a beach. I didn't realize no sand beach means Girl, there's not going to be a beach to lay on. It's mm-hmm. a sidewalk and then concrete and then a steel pier and seaweed, 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 seaweed. It's nasty and it's
2: gross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not cute
1: it's so not it's it's not the look i want to write a parody song to she's got the look but it'll be something about like that's not the look that's not the look it's na-na-na-na-na. na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na yes. that's not the look that would be so describe my style anyway copyright honey LeBronx 2020 um she showed us this beach it was like pink white sand pristine <laughs> crystal clear the water's not even blue it is crystal clear Mm
2: -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know how like
1: if your bathing suit came off you kind of have the illusion that like the blue of the water and the darkness of the water it kind of there is no hiding like you look into the water you just see the the bottom of the and it's a sandbar which means you could swim out 200 feet out into the ocean and you can still stand up like it's, it's it, whatever. it was just so gorgeous. And then yes. of course a jellyfish came around and then we're like, okay, this is not cute <laughs> anymore. Bye. But after this, she said, now, do you guys want to see the reality? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, of course this beach is pristine because it's cleaned for locals and for tourists. And she's like, let me just take you to the next beach over just a little bit down. I don't even know how to describe what I saw. It was almost like, it was like Amazon.com in a way. Think of everything. Picture everything. A toothbrush, a, a baby powder bottle, sunglass, like everything you can think of, everything you've ever bought in little broke down, sun worn, some from the 70s, 80s, 90s. It's like the greatest hits of everything you and your family have ever purchased. And it's just washed up on the God, beach. it breaks my heart. And it's like, where would you even art it almost looks like why would you even it's so so anyway plastic beeswax I looked at this beeswax thing and this was maybe about a year ago Mm -hmm. I, I saw this ad maybe even more than a year ago and I remember I saw it and I thought oh it's made with beeswax yeah I'm not down with that that's not ethical that's you know cruel to bees so I didn't buy it and I know that there's some fucking gluten-free, angry hippie out there who knows when the planets are in retrograde, who's angry at me because like, you don't need plastic wrap, you don't need whatever. Just okay, you're you're just not me. Like you're not mm-hmm. where I'm at in my life. I like I'm trying to whatever. Mm-hmm. Like first I'm, I'm going to get my, at
0: you, but I often do know when the planets are in retrograde, but I'm not going to yell oh, at you
1: as, <laughs> as do I, I fu- as I fully do as well. And one of them is out of retrograde now. Is it Mercury yes. or is it Mars?
0: I believe it's Mars.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: Hi. I
1: wept when I saw how long for how long Mars was going to be in retrograde. And I'm like, no, no, like this can't be. And I, oh, I can't talk about that. There's a certain thing that I'm working on that there would be paperwork signs that would have other parties having to come together and agree on terms. And I'm like, oh, this can't happen during it's a retrograde. Work. Now listen, work. I, don't, I don't know when all the retrogrades are, but like I do pay lots of attention to astrology mm-hmm. and I take astrology super seriously. But you know what I mean. Yes, I um, do. But like, so what's the answer then? I just keep buying plastic. Like had I just bought the beeswax containing reusable wrap Mm -hmm. that one time or maybe two or three times to buy a little bit more as I needed more I'd have it Mm -hmm. and I'd be using it
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: and maybe that's not fair to bees granted we don't live in a perfect world so I mean as evidenced by today we're picking either we're picking which between two old white men Two old white men, so like, which which creepy old man do we want? Mm-hmm. Um, it got me thinking, I'm like, oh my God, this is a situation where the ethical thing to do is to buy the reusable food wraps that are made with beeswax. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But mm-hmm. that's the thing at the end of the day, when you're new to veganism, you know, I remember in high school when they told us what the word sophomore means. Mm-hmm. They say, there's an old joke among high school teachers. If you wanna know something, ask a sophomore. Because a sophomore knows just enough about a thing that they think they know everything that there is. Like when I was in biology, I was like, oh, let, let me go ahead and scrub into the operating room because i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready i get it the division ha- where's a scalpel never mind i'll use my fingernails yes like i thought i knew so much in fun fact i did have when i was in middle school a simulated brain surgery video game on my computer so i do know how to diagnose and operate for a cerebral aneurysm and a subdural hematoma
0: that's good Um, listeners if you ever need anything if you're ever
1: stuck in an elevator with me and carly and you have an aneurysm Mm -hmm. and and help is not coming you're gonna die either way but at least i'll have an objective like i'll be like okay get me some fish hooks get me that Mm -hmm. bottled water Mm -hmm. let's open the scalp flap hooks Give me my dremel and some fish hooks in a bottle of water and like mm-hmm. and then I just like a paper clip to clip the aneurysm that is not how you clip an aneurysm um, but anyway um, when I was n- w- sophomore sopho means um, like uh, 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 like Sophocles sopho is basically to, to, to mean like knowledge like of knowing
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um And more, it comes from like moronic, being a fool. Sophomore, wise fool. It literally means like the wise fool is the sophomore. Think about it. You have freshman, junior, senior. What the hell is a sophomore? Why is no one ever sophomore? Where'd that word come from?
0: I, I mean, I've always wanted to ask and always just was like, Meh, whatever.
1: Well, you just think, well, a sophomore, you know, like a sophomore. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Define like the word grade. with itself. <laughs> um, but in that same way, I feel like when you're newly vegan, it's very easy to get pulled into an argument for ideological purity.
0: Yes.
1: Yes, and yes, yes, so yes, yes. oh sis we're going there we're yes. going there yes it's so often you know and i'm seeing I, I if you look at my social media lately i'm kind of making this argument you know where, I, I saw this thing where there's that poster it's like vegan compassion um uh compassion uh what was the uh non-violence blah 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 and the animals. And then like in this meme, someone crossed all of them out and only left the animals. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Veganism <laughs> is about the animals. Okay. What about the animals context yes. girl context? Yes. Oh, okay. Well then I'm pro animal agriculture. Cause what's better for the animals make lots of animals. This mm-hmm. isn't just about the animals. It's about The animals, like I wrote, uh, we had to do a speech. We had a a class in my senior year of high school called Social Problems. In our final, 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 um, project, we had to give an oral report and it had to be on a social problem. But you couldn't just say, like, I wanted to make a statement about homophobia. This is 1997, so I was Mm -hmm. like, I am like the first big openly out gay guy in my high school, very, um, but not really a (laughs) officially out like I will say so in a classroom with a Mm -hmm. teacher present until this day that I gave my speech and I made sure that I gave my speech on like the last or one of the last days of school and like nowadays it would have been a bit yawn but back then it was just the fact I was willing to say any of what I was saying that my friends who were like in plays with me and knew me since god knows when one of them wrote in my yearbook, senior yearbook, they're like, the thing I will remember most about you more than anything in the four years of knowing you was the speech you gave today. And so, But the, the point of this being, she was very clear, you can't just report on homophobia. It mm. has to be homophobia and high schools. Mm. You don't just take a subject, a problem, you have to frame it in terms of another thing. So, okay, veganism is about the animals, great. It's about the animals and what? It's about the animals and their suffering. It's about the animals and the pain inflicted on them, the animals and the expectation of them. Like, tell me how it's about the animals. Someone might hear just that one line. Like, what do you mean? How is it about (laughs) the animals? That's exactly what I mean. I mean, what do you mean how? how is about the animals in what regard is it about the animals oh well i believe the animals have a god-given right to live a life on their own terms Mm -hmm. if you leave the animals alone they'll figure it out Mm
2: -hmm. they'll know what
1: to do they don't need us i mean domestic dogs and cats that's a different situation but
0: so how long have you been vegan
1: Well, here's the thing. I'm still working at it. Like I'm not perfect. I'm still working on going vegan. I feel at this point, and this is just me, this is no one else. This is just me listening to my body and doing what feels right for me. But I feel like there's nothing more important than local and reducing my carbon footprint. So like, I don't eat meat, I don't eat fish. I don't eat eggs or dairy. Mm -hmm. If it is local, now I don't do the red meat thing because that's where I draw the line. But if it's like local chicken or lo- I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh my god, breathe! Oh my god! <laughs> I was Tell like... me everything you just went through.
0: <laughs> in my head, I was like, "Okay, this this is okay." I I'm I'm a little um. For <gasps> I that's so much was fun like... for me but you call yourself the vegan <laughs> drag queen. So like, it's not about your choices. I was more worried about your marketing. <laughs> like, oh. I was like, so well, he's kind of lying. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs> no, uh, oh, I my gave my, God. um. I think the first time I did that was I gave a speech on pro intersectional veganism when I was in Berlin in 2016 and was that 2016 yeah and uh at the end of my speech that's one of the questions someone asked and i was just like girl you're in full drag go for it like how long you been vegan i'm like i'm not fully vegan yet but you know i just think as long as i know where my food comes from i think i used to do this joke at at my show sometimes where i'd be like you know as long as my food my nor my food comes from i go up someone in the audience like carly where are you from minneapolis I, like pretend I shoot him. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. I knew where she came from. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like who fucking cares? That's You know amazing. where you're fucking, like, would it be, I, this is disgusting, but I always use my youngest niece as the example. And if I had a new youngest niece, it would be that youngest niece. It's just the fact <laughs> that it's the youngest, but because it's the youngest child in my family, I use them as the example. I'm like, okay, cool. So. Would that be okay if instead of that turkey, that was uh, my niece, Gemma? And suddenly, yeah, someone would be like, wide-eyed, like, why are we having this conversation? I'm like, that turkey's probably wondering the same thing. Mm. Like, could you imagine being a turkey, knowing what we're saying, and there's two humans arguing over whether or not, like, yeah, why wouldn't I kill this turkey? Because I'm hungry. Why should I? Like, the idea that your life has value to you and that, that whether your life has value to you has no inherent value because it's not a value to that right. human. I mean, it's absurd. If you want to know if something's cruelty-free, substitute the youngest child you can think of in your family or substitute someone you care about. Don't substitute like your worst frenemy because then you'll be <laughs> like, yeah, it's fine. I've never <laughs> liked Amanda. Whatever. Amanda will be chock full of prob- protein riboflavin. but um, uh, so to answer your question, um, November, November, we're in that month. November twelfth will be twelve years.
2: 12 oh wow!
1: Years. I do eat a little cheese every now and then, and some fish. And if oh I'm God. really angry at the world, I'll go to Burger King and just eat everything. And no, stop. Vegan, stop vegan, it. vegan, vegan. And yes. I've made mistakes. I used to work at a restaurant that had a, it was called the Garden Burger. Now, I didn't realize that was the brand name. And I didn't know, oh, these are the Garden Burgers I don't buy in the store because they have dairy. Um, oh. I remember one day a non-vegan coworker, I'm standing there eating a Garden Burger. And he's like, I thought you were vegan. And I'm like, "I, I am. He's like, those aren't vegan. I'm like, this is the garden burger. He's like, garden burgers, not vegan. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was new <laughs> enough deceiving. to be vegan. <laughs> yes. Why do you need to call it a garden? Why do you need call it the dairy burger? You think anyone's going to stop eating it? Cause you're like, Ooh, there's milk in it. Yum. Um, if I see but- one more
0: veggie burger on a menu that then I have to ask and I can't eat.
1: <laughs> oh it's like, got egg in it oh because let me talk about my garden so i'm growing you no one grows eggs in a garden oh my god Stop it with anything that isn't a plant i mean granted yeast is not exactly a plant but we're not talking about yeast we're not talking right. about the the fungi or the michael rise or the whatever <gasps> welcome to the stage michael rise anyway Ooh. um so 12 years but, so 12 years, yes. And uh, wow, you do not have ADHD. It is, it's so confusing to me. I can't even imagine what not having ADHD it must be like. It's just um, like the idea that your brain doesn't clear itself out every 30 seconds and starts over from fresh. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, so 12 years vegan. And yes, I've, I've had some slip ups in that mm-hmm. time. And I'll even just say the first time I ate honey as a vegan Honey, mm-hmm. honey, actual mm-hmm. honey from bees. 2012, mm-hmm. so I had been vegan for... When was this? When was the kepni Islands? That was in, no, that was my first time in Iceland in the summer, so that was June. So I was almost vegan three years. Okay. And I'm backstage, I'm at the Icelandic drag competition. I'm doing a live song. I'm staying with uh, three of my friends. They are all roommates and they all smoke mm-hmm. indoors, mm-hmm. which no one does in Iceland. Like, my, even my Icelander friends were like, no one's, even smokers don't smoke indoors. Who does oh. that? But, um, and I, I quit cigarettes uh, about, wait, no, I'm wrong. It's not 12 years vegan. It's 11. It's 12 years sober in August and 11 years vegan in November. They're always one year apart. So, it's I've been vegan just about as long as I've been a drag queen by a month apart. So, 11 okay. years a drag queen and 11 years, so 11 years drag queen last month. I am great with remembering dates. I'm like, oh, this is the four and a half year anniversary of that one time that you told me I looked fat. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but uh, so I went on stage for sound check, started to sing my number, and I noticed, oh, yeah. So, I haven't had a cigarette in 12 and a half years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, two pack a day smoker, Oof. wait 12 and a half years ago. And uh, I don't mind the smell of cigarette smoke. I kind of like being around cigarettes, not in a way that trigger, I know that the smell of cigarettes is not the taste and is not the feeling. Mm-hmm. I just like the way, if there was like cigarette incense, I'm like, yay, let's do that.
0: Oh, it gives me a headache. I mean,
1: same, same. And I forget that it makes me sick mm. and Being on stage, I didn't realize that it had an effect on my voice. And I went to sing and my voice was shot. And my friend ran to like the local coffee shop, got me a tea. And she got me some packets of honey. Mm -hmm. Now, whether honey actually does anything for your voice, I don't think it's because honey has any special properties. I'm told it's just because it's like viscous and whatever.
0: So you could probably use like molasses or... Probably.
1: (laughs) But um, she... I'm looking at this honey and I, in my mind, I'm like, it would help my voice. And then I thought, if I don't consume it, it's just going in the trash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now granted, there's that that angry at the world hippie who is just walking around as, as I like to term it, offended waiting to happen. You know those people, they are offended waiting to happen. Like Mm -hmm. here I am, oh, Mm -hmm. I take offense. And yeah, they have nothing to say. I think I went through say.
0: a phase of that, full disclosure. Yeah, oh, the, in the uh, beginning of my hasn't? angry vegan, I yes. think I was offended waiting to happen. Yes. that's Shout funny. out to Colleen that.
1: Patrick Goudreau and her, I think it's like <laughs> the 12 phases, the twelve stages of veganism that mm-hmm. she's broke them down, that you go through those stages. But um, yeah, totally been there. And I'm there with other things as well. And I remember when I first learned the term problematic, I love like, that's problematic. Make a whole argument or or shut up don't just say something's problematic and then think you've made an argument shut we need more people keeping their mouths closed and we need more people speaking up but if all you have to contribute is that's problematic you have nothing to contribute say don't even say it's problematic say what is problematic about it stop using problematic as a shorthand also problematic does not mean a little machine that makes problems interesting but anyway Hmm. There's probably that hippie out there who's like, you could have taken it and then brought it back to the studio. Th- and to which I say, me, 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 Yeah, yeah that's in that a reasonable moment. Response. Thank you. That, and that's mm-hmm. all that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the honey because in that moment I realized, okay, now if that was chicken or dairy that would have been good for my voice. I'm like, no, I'm not putting that in my body. That chicken doesn't good have for your voice. <laughs> that doesn't do anything good for my body. Yeah. Honey is the one thing I don't not ingest honey. Cause I think it's bad for me. Right. Or I mean, I, I, I know spiritually if there's some, whatever. Yeah, sure. But I did have that honey in that point. And there have been moments where I've been like, okay, I need this or I need that. And I'm like, they, the honey roasted peanut, that's Mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. had listen, I'm just going to say it. I have yeah. had moments where I'm like, fine. There's honey in it. I'll have it.
0: Well, it's a really big contention point among vegan
1: circles too. I'm not on the side of that argument that says it's okay mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. at all. Right. I'm not saying right. it's ever been okay when I've had it, but yes, there've been moments where either I had honey, not knowing it, or I've already bought it. I'm just not walking back to the grocery store to exchange this loaf of bread. You know what? And the time I can walk back to the grocery store, I could actually do something constructive for the animals, you know? Are you
0: ready for this genius segue?
1: Hmm. I don't know, because I haven't heard it. If you brought my mom on camera right now, I'd be like, I was not ready for this. (laughs) I told you I was ready, but I'm fully not. Speaking of honey
0: how did you become honey oh
1: LeBron's? my god Aha! there you go thank you and i am thank drinking you. out of a mug by the way that says honey on it which someone else could be like that's not me listen i got my drag name way before i ever did drag and way before i, I picked out my drag name i think wait a minute could this math really be adding up so well I picked out my drag name 11 years before I started doing drag. And I've now been a drag queen for 11 years. So for as long as I've been a drag queen, I've had my drag name picked out that long in advance. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: My first ever, I call it my training bra name, you know, like the first ever like, ooh, I'll be Roberta Mystique was the first (laughs) name. So if I ever, if I ever, but like, can we all close our eyes and visualize who that woman is, right? (laughs) She's something that woman that if mind. you recognize her in public, she'd adjust her eyeglasses and like pull up her popped collar to hide her face. And like she would speak in like a voice like, no, no, that's not me. Like everything about her is a mystery. She smells like just cherry vanilla something. Mm. She's, she's just a purple lavender, cherry vanilla mystery of a woman. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. basically a purple Carmen Sandiego is who she is. That's and, a um, good image. And uh, I remember under my phone, I worked at a a photo lab at the Walgreens. And uh, I remember um, under my phone number, I also made an account for Roberta Mystique. And then I called in one day to check for photos when the homophobic, like Bible thumping um, photo lab manager was working. And I had him look up my phone number for me. Like, Hey, can you see if I have any pictures? He's like, yeah, I see, oh, there's a Roberta Mystique here, or, oh, here you are, Ben Strothman. Just to make him I say my drag name, I was like, I did it. I you, yes. No, I, other people were doing, were like writing novels and winning prizes, I was doing that. But, um, and then I remember when I first ever, st- when I first ever heard The Bronx, mm-hmm. it was when I was watching the movie Beaches. And of course, naturally, I was in third grade when I first saw the movie Beaches. And so, you know, as you, when you're gay, I think that's pretty late to have seen the movie Beaches. And um, and for my third uh, grade birth, I think eight years old, in fact, for my eighth birthday, I think all I wanted for my birthday was the soundtrack to Beaches. Not because of Bette Midler, because in Mayim Bayalik could sing, but didn't sing The Glory of Love, the mm-hmm. young C.C. Bloom version but I wanted that version to be able to listen, to sing to. And now I actually like ripped it from the DVD. So I have it for myself. I want to use it in a mix one day as a drag queen. But when she was giving her address to the girl, she's like, well, I don't live in New York. You know, exactly. I live in the Bronx. Hearing someone say, I have said, I live in Milwaukee. I have said, I live in New York. You could say, I live in Minnesota. I could say, I live in America. I could Mm -hmm. say, I live in the United States, Mm -hmm. sure. Someone could say I live in the Netherlands, but we're not talking about a country. We're talking about a, not a city either. It sounds to me like, I don't think you know what a borough is before you come to the big cities. Right, right.
0: um,
1: Do they use the term borough outside of New York City?
0: I've never heard heard it outside of New I mean, I've heard it in the context of New York City.
1: The five boroughs of New York right. City. B-O-R-O is sort of like the shorthand. B-O-R-O-U-G-H is like the full, I don't know why, but, um, and Borg, B-O-R-G is the Icelandic word for city um, or town rather. Um, so it's sort of like a town with, anyway. Uh, it's funny, every word in Icelandic seems like that makes no sense. How am I gonna remember that word? And then you realize, it's basically, a, a Icelandic is like the closest language, arguably to old English. So oh, it is okay. basically what became English. It's mm-hmm. unrecognizable until you realize like, I would never, this is my forehead, but if I'm singing a ballad and a drop, a single drop of rain falls upon my forehead, I don't call it my forehead. I say, there's a single drop of rain upon my- Brow? Right when would i like oh could you scratch my brow for me be like <laughs> which one we would there's word but like brow would mean actually i think brow actually means eyebrow but at, at any rate for each word in icelandic there like you realize there's like a connection there like, there's a connection to a word we would never use in english but it's like that's how you remember it. it's like oh it's like the old old timey word for this mm-hmm. anyway so um i was taught, yes yeah, so the bronx Hearing the Bronx, it struck my ear as odd. I was like, what do you mean you live in the Bronx? How is there a the in that?
2: Hmm. And
1: I just sounded silly to me. The Bronx. The Bronx. That you would like it would be like if I said, I'm from the Milwaukee. Like, aren't you old- from Minneapolis? Or are you from the Duluth? Or are you from the St. Paul? You'd be like, Why are you saying the? So hearing the Bronx, always stuck out in my mind. And like, there's something about, even if, have you ever been to the Bronx? Mm-mm. Okay. You tell me which one sounds the toughest. Queens, Brooklyn, Staten Island, Manhattan, the Bronx. The Bronx. It sounds tough. I just love this. Like, I'm from the, I'm from Brooklyn. Oh yeah, I'm from, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Bronx.
0: You uh, and J-Lo. I'm
1: from the Bronx. I just, and like, it's not even, it's like the, Merryweather, it's the Bronx, yeah, it's, got it's that like hard... the toughest thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that comes from, there was a family whose last name was Bronx, And back in the day there was nothing up there other mm-hmm. than the Bronx family farm. So I'm going to the Bronx family farm. I'm going to the Bronx, the Bronx, the Bronx, the Bronx. Now it's just the Bronx. Okay. You could say Fun fact. is a Bronx bound train Mm -hmm. Uh, you can only talk about it without the the directionally you would never say this is a the bronx bound train that would be silly yeah but um at any rate after i first visited new york and i didn't go to the bronx but hearing the bronx i remembered thinking i wonder if in spanish would they say la bronx la bronx (gasps) honey la bronx that'll be my drag name that's exactly how it, po- it just wow. happened. It happened, it happened, it happened. So like God gave me yeah. my drag name. And here's the thing, like that's special to me. It's not, the, the story is not, if you ever ask a drag queen how they got their name, be prepared for a boring story. It will never be that interesting. But um, <laughs> like Sherry Vine, if you ask her how she got her drag name, she's like, well, Sherry Street and Vine Street. In L.A., it's like, oh, okay, Sherry and Vine. On the corner of Sherry and Vine. All right, guys. Isn't
0: there a joke that, like, someone's drag name would be, like, their first pet in the street they grew up on?
1: (laughs) I... Yes. Um. oh what was that meme it was like what's your whore name take your first name and then take your last name that's your name because you're a whore <laughs> it's like I my whore so name what you're gonna say I was like "Ooh, what's my whore name <laughs> my whore name is honey LeBron <laughs> but what I've come to um get have to get used to already as a drag queen i can only imagine so i have i think like around fourteen thousand uh followers on instagram bob the drag queen who i'm sure i've already mentioned is my Mm -hmm. drag mom bob the drag queen has on instagram bob the drag queen has 1.4 million this is perfect math here alexa what is 1.4 million divided by 14,000 i think it's 1,000 1. 1.4 million divided by 14,000 is 100 oh 100 so that means 100 really so 100 times, times. 14,000 yeah well that makes sense oh yeah zero so for every crazy crazy i have to deal with bob the dry queen has 100 crazy crazies for every like stalker for every like Fan who's kind of become a friend, but then made it weird and <laughs> did oh, God. unethical stuff. Bob has a hundred of those. One hundred. I would love to name names, but I won't. But uh, let's just say, old so-and-so. Mm-hmm. For every old so-and-so I have, Bob's got, oh yeah? I have a hundred old so-and-sos. And who's them? we'll call it, and what's her faces um now we're in a dr seuss novel th- there we sure are um listen green eggs and ham still makes me hungry did that story always <laughs> make you hungry and i'm not talking i didn't even like eggs and listen, I was gonna say um, i didn't
0: like eggs when i was little so i and in kindergarten they made us green eggs ew. let me tell you not appetizing
1: you for dr disgusting. seuss's
0: birthday i mean like cute point but
1: yeah that's disgusting Um, I made green slime as a kid, as a toy to play with, but it was literally just flour and water, just (laughs) flour and water and green slime. Yeah. (laughs) Flour and water and green food coloring. Um, but, uh, anyway, I have all these people who come up to me all the time and not come up to me, but like who online was like, why is your name honey? That's not even big. Let me ask you, how am I harming animals by my name being honey?
0: Well, people contest. The fact oh that you name is honey and you're the vegan drag queen.
1: Yes. Someone's also once said, like, your name may as well be pork McNugget. I'm like, oh, no, okay. it might as well not <laughs> That's be. That's a different vibe. That's just not. <laughs> Secondly, like, how? Thirdly, guess what? Honey is an actual name. There are actual women actually named Honey. The mm-hmm. vegan, the vegan zombie, well, not the vegan zombie, but um, but um John, John Ted. Formerly of the Vegan Zombie, now mm. of a uh, shout out to the Vegan Homestead, John and mm-hmm. Kristen Ted on their YouTube channel, um, who are very worth following. And they're probably the, I don't mean nicest, I don't mean the whateverist, I just mean the goodest
2: mm. people
1: on this planet are John and Kristen Ted. I've never met any gooder people than them. And that's incorrect English, but I say it that way so you know what I mean. Um, and when I stayed with them on tour, I, one day I had to do laundry and their clothes were in the dryer. So I took them out and I just decided like, oh, well, and I folded everything for them and I didn't know where to put it. So I just set it next to the dryer, all folded and stacked. And I didn't mention anything about it. And then when I left the next day, they messaged me and Kristen's like, I went and thanked John for folding my laundry for me. He's like, I thought you folded my laundry for me. And then they both had that moment. We were like,
2: Oh. And they're like that's so
1: sweet. Thank you. Anyway, but I was like I just had to get it out of the way. I'm not going to just leave it there. Um my parents used to tell me there's two things that start to smell after 2 days. Fish and house guests. So when you are a guest in someone's home, are you doing your own dishes? Are you taking out your own trash? Are you replacing whatever you've used? Are you lightening your footprint? Are you giving back what you're like always make sure that it is a net gain to the person that you stayed yes. there. Um, and then there are some times where I've just totally not been that guest. But anyway, um, so even John calls his wife, honey, which was very confusing when I was staying with them. He'd be like, hey, honey, and, uh, and uh, like, I, mean, yes. I mean, Ben, I mean, <laughs> sweetie. I mean, but he, he like, he probably says honey more than he says Kristen to his wife. Mm-hmm. are you going to tell him he's not vegan because he's calling his wife honey like stop that are you also suggesting women out there named honey cannot be vegan unless they actually have their name changed and now here's the thing i know these people are also thinking it's your drag name you can change it are you going to tell a trans woman that she made up her name and that it's not her name and she should change it and no i'm not a trans woman and perhaps that's not a fair comparison, but listen, I can all. I'm not trans, but I do think I have some right and some authority to speak on trans issues because at the end of the day, the person who intends violence for a trans woman walking down the street is not going to stop and like, whoa, 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 no, hold up, that's just a drag queen, that's a different thing. Leave him alone, right. he's good. Yes, like I like this is. I have to make this my issue, um, but like, you don't know what my drag name means to me. Like, it's my name and it's special. And like, fuck anyone who's wasting do you really think the animals are like oh thank god you didn't step over that thank you for sticking it to that vegan drag queen and making sure you come for her dra-. like just stop
0: if they would I, use their energy to make a difference like all of the time they spent in your
1: dms what else could you have done with this time mm-hmm. other than criticizing a vegan drag queen who has encouraged how, how many countless people to go mm-hmm. vegan. This is not me patting myself on the back. I'm just saying in 11 years, I, I hope I've accomplished something.
0: I'm sure you have. I have no doubts.
1: Uh, this, is, this is the argument for ideological purity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have to choose. I love that I, uh, when we were texting this morning mm-hmm. uh, or this afternoon, same thing to me. Uh, and I was like, can we push it back? And you said, and I so love that you said this. You demonstrated for me. No, the, ter- the, the verb is modeled. You modeled for me what it looks like to honor yourself and honor your time as yourself hmm. um, by saying, I want to be, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very intentional with my time today. So if we could do five, that would be great. And I'm like, mm-hmm. absolutely. We can, abs- that we can absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, Where am I not bringing that intentionality in my day? Um, But intent, being intentional. And this is something I'm so turned on by lately, the the idea of being intentional. And I wanna interview um, Colleen Patrick-Goudreau about about intentionality. When she got married to her husband, she and David sat down and like wrote a document together. Like, okay, what's our intention? Mm. Like to get married is not its own intention. So we are getting married to further what intention? What is the intention of us f- cementing this union? And whenever there is an argument or a problem or an upset in their relationship, they come back to that, whether it's an actual document, they come back to that agreement, the founding agreement of their union. And they're like, oh, okay, well, this is the intention of our union oh
0: it's so, so damn beautiful
1: isn't it So, like so when you look at that how like you know, what is the right way forward given that and it's like oh this more honors the intention than this mm-hmm. but if we can also do this when it's done blah, 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 fine yeah but um at any rate like what is the intention in that comment if if you really ask yourself and not after the fact but if you really let's take that case if you really asked yourself after the fact after asking me about my dragging, name like what was your actual intention and don't make one up that you think sounds good so you can mm-hmm. try to save face this mm-hmm. isn't about looking good or avoiding looking bad what was your intention you're like ooh, i was t- i was trying to look good in front of her following by making her look bad i was uh, in, uh trying to dominate someone i was trying to be right about something i was trying Mm -hmm. to invalidate someone like if you really ask yourself what your intention was you'll i'm sorry i'm playing with my um little tofu uh yuba skin thing in the background i realized it's probably making noise that i'm playing with clanging metal i couldn't hear Um, it Okay, good, good, good. Probably because my microphone has turned away from me. I'm, I've been doing, I love that after our podcast, I was like, if you ever need advice about podcasting, let me know. I am talking to a backwards microphone after fidgeting with everything. How many times? Because I'm a perfectionist. And it, it would be like, could you imagine if this was like the Barbara Walters interview and you see her on camera and then when they talk to me, they just pull away a bit and you see me sitting behind her talking to the back of her head. Actually, that would be hilarious. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. <laughs> and then she would just get spooked, like, ah, why are you over there? And I'm like, why am I over there? Better question, Barbara, is why are you interviewing an empty chair? Oh my god. You idiot. <laughs> no, but like, if you really ask yourself, like, what was your intention in that? It's like, what is the intention of ideological purity? It's self serving and it's yes serving it's all ego based it's all Mm -hmm. based on i'm so right look how right and how good i am i'm so good and so right i'm righter and gooder than you Mm -hmm. i'm a better vegan Mm -hmm. and like at the end of the day all of that is for what so you can feel better about yourself i don't mean that in the way that i'm talking down to this imaginary person i mean no but the concept is so important but we all want to feel better like we all have things that make us doubt ourselves and feel bad about ourselves Mm -hmm. um who was i having this conversation with i was talking with a friend the other day and i'm like at the end of the day i don't lose much sleep over whether i think i'm a good person or not Mm. um trying to have the conversation with my mom about racism proved
0: Yes, I know I wanted to ask about
1: that. Oh yeah, well, we'll get to that. (sighs) Uh, That conversation couldn't happen because she's not hearing that conversation. She's hearing a conversation about, is she a good person or not? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't even understand how there is this debate. When you bring something to my attention, I'm not even debating, does this mean I'm a bad person?
2: Mm -hmm. Because
1: I've spent, I've done the work To make sure that my values and my actions are consistent. You know, the fact that the first thought in my mind when I wake up in the day, I mean, it's usually I got to pee and like, I don't feel like writing my morning pages and I don't want to do this or that. But like the things I'm thinking throughout my day are like, how can, and I mean, I know if I did what I had to do and you did what you had to do and and enough people did what they had to do today, could have been the day that we all woke up and we don't use money anymore, and racism isn't a thing anymore, and there is no pre-existing agreement about what being a woman means. Mm-hmm. And we could we could have a world that works for everyone. Today, today is the day. You know, it's a weird thing. This is such a this is the stupidest thing I'm ever gonna say in my life, but I've said it before. A year ago to, this is so stupid, this is so stupid.
0: Well, I have the, the anticipation is killing Listen, me.
1: Listen, I'm gonna deliver on my promise that it's stupid. However okay. much anticipation I've built, you'll be like, oh wow, you meant what you said, that was stupid. A year ago today, if you had said every day for the next 12 months, I'm gonna do this, hurrah. Today would have been, you're like, it's been a year. Today it's been one year, like every single day is a year from this day a year Mm. ago that's Mm -hmm. so stupid it's so stupid no it's not well it is i mean it's basic it's simple it's but what i mean by that is had we all like however real talk if mitch mcconnell just decided like hey i'm done being evil it didn't really fulfill me and even Nancy Pelosi was just grounded for life.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and Newt Gingrich was just erased from history and never actually happened and whatever. And Rush Limbo was never born. And so my parents oh. never had anyone to listen to on the radio. Um, <laughs> oh God, oh God. If, 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 if the right things were said and the right actions were acted, today could have been the day. Like if you had said mm. it's going to take seven and a half years to turn the entire planet around but we could have a post-capitalist world where Mm -hmm. everyone has enough and no one pays for food or housing Mm -hmm. and there is no war because war isn't profitable anymore Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if that was like all right we could have that in seven and a half years if we had started that seven and a half years ago today could have in a different parallel universe which probably exists Mm -hmm. actually more and more I'm seeing science is proving like, oh, it is most likely that our world, our universe exists in countless parallel dimensions where Agreed. there is a you and I having this conversation in a different universe almost exactly, only I I'm like 210 pounds all muscle. Um, and, and whatever.
0: And also same.
1: oh my god wow (laughs) the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling um why do i not watch glow on netflix that so sounds like it's my show i should we should watch it um but i um like today could have been that day Mm -hmm. woke up and we are a world that works for everyone um and i forget now why i went on that but it was about intentionality and it's like the fact that That is, those are the thoughts that occupy my mind. That's why I was saying that. It's not about how long it would take to get there. It's not even about the fact that today's just one more day we could have woken up in that world. And you know what, I know statistically speaking, I mean, it's not a given, but it's very likely today someone's gonna die, tomorrow someone's gonna die, somewhere around that world. And that's not sad, that person was 103 and they were in pain and they hated the world anyway. You know. But some, you know, when I saw, do you know the musical Ragtime? Are you a musical theater fan? Excuse
0: me. Um, I like. I know some, but. Long story short, it's it's sort of about the the,
1: it's sort of about the turn of the century, like nineteen early nineteen hundreds, America, United States, and it's like the the Jewish, the black, and the white, like Anglo Saxon, you know, uh, Christian, Mm -hmm. um, those three demographics all coming together and like. and and the intersection of those three communities at the turn of the century. And there's a moment in in the show where after having already lost his wife, or I think fiance, I don't know if they actually got married yet, the, the mother of his child, he then also gets executed by police, basically. And I've seen the play twice on Broadway, the original cast, and then I saw it a few years ago. And for whatever reason, it hit me, this way and I also kind of forgot that he gets killed in the show so like the second time I saw it even though I knew it it was still a shock for me Mm -hmm. the thought that went through my head watching him being killed on stage was every time a black person dies in the United States another person has left this world never having seen justice in their lifetime. And that's a person who had a God-given right to know nothing but justice. Their whole existence. I mean, and people want to say things like, oh yeah, well, that's not the world. Life isn't, it's dog eat dog and life isn't fair and the world doesn't work that way. Stop it. Stop talking as though the corruption of mankind is the norm. (sighs) Trees communicate with one another through their roots to be like hey tree 12b over there is not well let's all heal it and animals will adopt animals from other species and raise them like all of nature just as there is no waste in nature just as energy cannot be created nor destroyed we we have it so backwards thinking that our perverted distortion of what could be possible on this planet is just the norm. And like, we just drink that in, like, that's just the water. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's no taste to this. I, 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 I recently in a class, this was at Landmark, I, I, I was asked the question, if there was a sound that was present before you were born and that sound continued throughout your entire life and it continued on even after your death what would that sound like any thoughts can you ask it again if there were a sound i don't know in the world there was just this thing like i don't know imagine like if the stars just gave off a sound or the moon and the sun also gave off a sound somewhere in the world the sky has a the sky emits a sound or something there's just a sound in the world That is a constant and it started long before you were born. It was already happening when you were born. It persisted throughout your entire (laughs) life and it continued until long after you were gone. What would that sound like to you?
0: I just imagined the wind. Okay. Like the wind rustling trees. That's what came to mind. I have no idea why.
1: But the wind rustling in the trees is sort of a thing that starts and stops, right? Hmm. And even the wind rustling the trees, you're just hearing the wind the from that moment and the mm-hmm. trees from that moment. I'm only pausing to give you and the listeners a chance to sort of speculate, but the answer is there wouldn't be a sound. Your mind would tune it out. You wouldn't recognize that sound. Kind of like dogs can see ultraviolet light. To them, that's just another color. Like mm-hmm. We don't, Wait, can dogs see ultraviolet light? I think they can. Um, whoever sees ultraviolet light, there are things like, there are colors we see that just dogs just don't see. Right. So imagine a dog trying to, I don't know which colors they don't see, but imagine a dog trying to contemplate the difference between green and purple. Like their mind couldn't even conceive of that. It's like in the movie Mask with uh, Cher and what's his face, when he's dating this blind woman and she doesn't know what colors are. So he's trying to describe colors to her. And I forget what all of them were, but red, he takes a rock out of a boiling pot of water and like tosses it into her hands. And she's like, oh, 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 oh ah. like, like a, a piping hot rock. He's like, that's red. And I Ooh. forget what the others were. I think blue was like cool water over her hands. And then he hands her like a big pile of just cotton. And he's like, that's white. Oh God, I get choked up thinking about that. It's <laughs> such a beautiful, but like to someone who has no concept of it, how do you even explain it to them? To a dog who sees no color, how do you explain that color? they would think of that as, well, that's not a thing that's there, right? To us as a human thinking, we know everything. The idea (laughs) of UV rays being visible, it's just like, well, that's kind of just nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like there's not another thing here that I'm not already, you can't tell me that there's a visible thing that's always here and I can't see it, but others can see it.
0: So you're saying because the sound started before we were born and it would just existed our whole life and it was like our norm
1: the brain would filter it out we wouldn't notice it the brain would have an algorithm that just subtracts that oh for example here's a very real example of that right now what do you see in front of you tell me oh no i I don't want to make it take too long hold your hand in front of your eyes and tell me what you see
0: i see my hand
1: anything else I see rings on my hand. Anything else? I see lines in my hand. And other than the things on your hands or the characteristics of your hand, is there anything else that you see? No. What about the tip of your nose?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You always see the tip of your nose. It's never not there in your field of vision. Your brain subtracts it that is wild your brain just removes it it disregards it it's like this is not relevant information so even though it's physically there and i see it i'm sending different information to the brain because we're not interested in what's there i'm going to regard what's there from this side of my eye and what's there from this side of my eye and i'm just going to put that together and that's the image and then however big your nose is there's some of it still there So like, there are things that are there, but your brain just takes them out. Now to take this back to what we're talking about, capitalism, greed, Mm -hmm. money, corruption, power, having to work hard to put a roof over your head and food on the table. What if you didn't have to work at all to put food on the table for your family and What if you could let go of the toxic masculinity that says (laughs) you are then of no value to your family if you don't have to do stuff that you think a woman couldn't do to provide for your family. Oh, I'm the man of the family, so I work hard. And because only a man can do it and there can only be one man of the house, they need, listen, they, like, I wish my dad was like, my son needs me. So he has someone to talk to about his feelings and dreams. Mm -hmm. My God, I wish that was the thing my Mm. dad felt needed for. Not money and advice and, hey dad, I'm trying to rewire this thermostat panel. I love that my dad is that dad. I can call him, not at like two in the morning, he'd be asleep, but I can call him and be like, Hey. I should have called you first, but I already opened up this, this section of the wall. I already pulled out all these wires. I shouldn't have pulled them out yet. <laughs> How do I put this back together? I cannot let my building management see that I did this. He's like, all right, here's what you do. Yeah, And like, he doesn't like, I, if I was on who wants to be a millionaire, he would be my phone a friend because he knows everything about everything. Mm-hmm. Maybe not about social justice issues, but, um, but that. Capital, like all of that that we talked about, capitalism, racism, the way things are, is our nose in our field of vision. It is that sound to our ears. It's that thing that's just always been there. So we don't even recognize it's there. It's just, it's like hearing me describe what if we had a world without air? Not even oxygen, like air. Like, well, first of all, what even is air? I don't sense air unless there's wind. Like what's air? Like when you vacuum the air out of something, I still it still looks like there's air in it, but there's less air, you mean to tell me? Like our mind can't, we just can't. I mean, then there's those scientists. who, like, well, I can and I'm like, shut up, it's not your turn. But like- <laughs> Nobody asked you. <laughs> but like, these are the things my mind can't let go of. And I have a birthday card I was writing right before we went on the air for my niece, she's turning 17. And nowadays when I write a birthday card for my nieces and nephews, I can't send it because I don't have $20. I got to go to the ATF, but I always put a $20 bill. I didn't want to do that. the 1st I'm like, that's 20. That's a lot, maybe five. And I'm like, Ben, how many, you have 10 nieces and nephews, multiply that by 20, $200 a year. That's too much. That's too much <laughs> to be a good uncle. Hell, you know Ten what? If nieces
0: I, and nephews,
1: damn. If I did $100, that would only be $1,000. That's not a lot. I could be mm-hmm. the uncle that always sends 100 bucks. I ain't got that kind of money. But <laughs> but I have a Patreon. So anyway, um, but <laughs> when I write nieces and nephews birthday cards, I always talk about the age that they're turning and then – where was I at that age? What was I doing in my life? And which of those things became part of who I am today? Ooh. So I'm like, when I was your age, I was in seventh, or I was in junior year of high school, duh. And, cause that's obvious to her. It's kind of not obvious to me. Um, I was junior in high school. I was already on my second relationship, my second long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. I was working at the Walgreens, running a photo lab. I was doing community theater and I had just started my photography business, photographing theater and headshots for actors. Um, And I'm like, and all of those things are part of who I am today. So there's nothing more valuable to invest your energy in than those things you're passionate about. Because however silly it may have seemed to my parents, that I liked watching the kids in the hall and their comedy sketches where they're dressing up as women. And one day my dad's like, well, you know, they do an awful lot of dressing up like women. I'm like, A, you're obsessed with drag queens because you talk to me about drag queens all the time. And I'm like 10. So stop acting like this isn't your cup of tea. B, like, let your kid kid be specific. Let your kid Mm. do their weird freaky shit. I mean, I used to get the camcorder out and I would make weird home videos. I remember once I was just like, (laughs) I was like staring into the camera lens and like just being weird and making voices. My mom in the background, right as the frame cuts off, you're, Benny, make something nice. Like, oh, mom, here's something about kittens. I took some footage of kittens petting each other. And then they they gave to the porn. like, shut up, stop it. Stopping, and it's like, Every time my parents broke into their to their my, to my mom's uh, to my parents' bedroom, or their, they had a bathroom in their bedroom. Every time they came in there and found me with makeup all over my face, and I don't mean artsy. I would just like grab like eyeliner pens or lipstick and just draw like grids on my sure, face sure i don't know not like i think that's what makeup is i'm just like i want to put stuff on my face mm-hmm. um or like i had this like the those like grass hula skirt and i put it on and put makeup on my face and my parents came into their room and of course i was mortified but it's like could you imagine if they had come into the room and instead of letting me be mortified they had been like yeah I was like, oh my God, she is turning it. (laughs) Could you imagine if instead of giving me panic, Uh, he had given me an audience and just been like, I don't know where this kid's going with this, but if this is what he's naturally drawn to, let's let him be drawn to whatever so that whatever he ends up doing for a living or doing with his life, even doing for a living, even that challenge, we take that as the noise that's always there. The idea that anyone has to do anything for a living. Um, what is his name? He's a sort of like a futurist. I forget his name, I forget his name. Um, it's not Ray Kurzweil, but it's his other futurist. You'll probably find him if you Google it, but he was an inventor of all these things I mean, you name it, he invented it. He invented cars that were made of this certain type of metal that they're formed at a certain temperature. So if you get in a car crash and you bash in the entire front of your car, they take a heat gun, which heats it back to like 8,000 Fahrenheit. And because at that temperature, it will pop back to that original shape because that's how it was formed. I don't know. So like he made self-driving cars that are indestructible. And if you get them damaged, you just heat them back up to their temperature. He made homes that are completely self-sufficient. And even before cell phones, it's like a phone technology that it just triangulates your, your, your location and it beams the sound wave toward your ear so that you'll hear the phone call, but no one else really does. But it's perfectly right in your ear and you can just walk around. This technology already exists, but because of the right. pissing contest between Amazon and Microsoft and Google and Apple and, and whatever, I almost said IBM, how old am I? Because, <laughs> because of these pissing Ugh. contests, Ugh. we can't live in the future that's already here and available to us. Like, Ooh. I remember I got an Echo show and then I was like, hey, Echo, I, I call her Kathy so I don't trigger her and make her do a command. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Kathy, show me videos by the Young Turks. It pulls up a video by the Young Turks. This is like two years ago, three years ago. And they're taught the Young Turks YouTube channel. Yes, love them. They're talking about the horrific possibility of what if Donald Trump actually does run for president. And I'm like, why are we talking about this in 2017? And then I look, and it's not YouTube, it's dailymotion.com. And I'm like, well no no go go to youtube and it's like sorry youtube isn't available on this device why can't i use you oh because that's a google technology so like amazon knowing that no one's preferred video search engine is anything other than youtube (laughs) arguably vimeo or maybe Pornhub. but like could you imagine if that was the default it's like did you mean crazy sexy like (laughs) donald trump yeah crazy sexy donald trump but um Uh, Like the fact that that technology is there. Yeah. And yet I can't just do that. Because of all of this, because of all of this stupid stuff. We could have Just stop and imagine the kind of a world we could be living in if it wasn't for all these stupid things. And if you think about it, any one company, if they think, oh no, but if I have the control over this, then I can have this and this and this. And I'm like, Yeah, dude, you could have this in this in this currency, you could have lots of this and this amassed, but you don't get to have flying cars and shoes that are self-drying and self-walking sidewalks and solar roadways that blah, blah, blah. And generate. So like, if we all just focused on the good of all, mm-hmm. everyone would be wealthy, but that's, you know, and that's the thing. There's me being naive again. Cause I'm forgetting. I keep thinking, that everyone wants what I want. What do I want? Mm -hmm. I want a world where everybody wins. And I mean, wins. Like everyone Mm -hmm. is like, congratulations, everyone else. Wow. That must be exciting. I'm so happy for you. Everyone is winning. There's enough. And for anyone who tries to act like that's not possible, I'm like, you are not just a turnoff, but frankly, the way your mind works, you bore me to tears. If you don't have the creativity to be able to envision a world that works for everyone, and if you don't have the heart to want to manifest that and bring that into existence, Mm -hmm. I don't understand your kind of person. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I was just saying, I'm confident in that, I know myself to be a good person because these are the things that I want. Right. I want for right. others more than I want for myself. If there was a selfish thing I'd want for myself, it would basically just be the means to make those things happen. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, there'd probably be some, like, some fun, sexy time little things that I'd be like, I also want this and this. But, yeah. like, but I mean... At the end of the day, and this was all because of people coming for my name and talking about intentionality, but yeah, at the end of the day, like people asking those questions, if the intention behind what you're saying is, I want to seem like the bigger, better, badder, smarter, whatever person, then it's like, ask yourself, how are you with you? Like, are you really pleased with you? How are are you you with you? How are you with you? Are you really like, you know what? I am like, listen, I'm not giving myself an A plus in terms of like how well kept my apartment is and well, no how much perfect. I'm on top of my finances and whatever. But I'm really pleased with myself in terms of my vision for others, my vision for the world. I'm not as pleased with my ability to bring that into existence. There's a lot. I was watching an Unsolved Mysteries last night and they were talking about this, the first episode of season two of the new Unsolved Mysteries. I forget his name, something, something. He was a government official, killed, body found in a landfill, um, not by dumpster divers. Um, <coughs> so if it was found by freegans, they'd be like, I am taking the suit and I am taking the Rolex. Um, but um, uh, gross, don't do that. But he was uh, bipolar. And so he was the person who like, he was a vet. He, when he came back from Vietnam, he was the person who made sure that there was a Vietnam War Memorial to Mm -hmm. honor not only everyone who fought, but he also fought for the definition of who do we consider injured? Just the Mm -hmm. people who are physically harmed Mm -hmm. or the people who were injured long after the fact Mm -hmm. by this war. Well, they talk about how this man just lived in service and and that he did it with a two ton piano strapped to his back because of his bipolar, they say everything that he did, he did it with everything working against him. And my ADHD is partly what makes me able to, I have a, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but there's nothing shameful about it. So I'll say it. So in case anyone else is dealing with it, ever does deal with it or has dealt with it, they know you don't have to be ashamed of it. Speaking of beetles, have you ever heard of like grain weevils or rice weevils? They're teeny beetles. They're so tiny that they are I find them adorable. But mm-hmm. they will, and you don't get them because you're dirty or you didn't clean up the kitchen. You get them because they were in something you bought or brought home from the grocery oh, store. Okay. And they'll live like in your rice or in your flour. And then they scatter and they get in everything. And it's really hard to clean up because they're just everywhere. So I'm kind of dealing with that right now. And so while dealing with that, I went on Amazon. I am mean, Amazon's a devil, but I bought some food storage containers so I can store my food. And then I thought, well, if I put this in here, but then there's some left over, how can I store that in a way that I know it's left? And I thought, oh, when I worked at Walgreens, you would put a blue sticker on the item on the shelf. So that told us there's more in the back stock. The back mm-hmm. stock is underneath my queen size storage bed where I store all of my food and stuff. So I thought, oh, And I'm coming up with this system because I'm starting to learn the hard way. Spices do expire. This is why you want to get whole spices and grind them, not ground spices. I'm on that now. But I've thought as long as I'm redoing everything and I spent 200 bucks on huge food storage, airtight containers. So I'm going to label everything and put a date on everything. And then I thought I should also come up with a system for how to rotate all of my stock in my inventory mm-hmm. and not just that but also like oh what do i feel like tonight oh i had those that those beyond. no this is going bad first use yes. up those cannellini beans or use yep. up that whatever but while making this my mind naturally first goes to how complex can i make this not to not in a silly way but like how all-encompassing can i make this so it handles everything you could throw at me And how much could I simplify it into a system that everyone could have? Because when I was writing that birthday card to my niece, there's why I mentioned that. I write where I was at their age, which of those things carried over and who I am today, and then advice. And I'm like, I was running out of space. I'm like, I can only write three things because I'm in the back of the card, metaphor for where we're at in the episode. But I'm like, okay, listen, (laughs) if I can only say three things, the first is floss. At least every other day. I think Mm -hmm. on my deathbed, I will look back on my life and like, I do wish I flossed more. Um, Also, if you need a selfish reason to floss, if you ever want to kiss somebody, floss, then smell that floss. And then ask yourself, oh, that's where bad breath starts. I know. And so if I'm going to hook up with someone or go on a date, or if I think kissy time might happen, I will Mm -hmm. start flossing every day, three days, in advance every day. And I also make medieval oil, which is my own knockoff version of mm-hmm. uh, thieves oil. Mm-hmm. And I do sell it by the way, on my website. Um, oh, fun. Go to medievaloil.com. I, my website's down, but medievaloil.com, you can buy it. But I also use that as a mouthwash. It's cinnamon, clove, lemon, eucalyptus, and rosemary. It burns okay. a little bit, It's it's she's spicy. But after I swish that around in my mouth for a few minutes and swallow it, if I have a extra large black iced coffee, no sugar. And then you know how a little later your, your coffee breath happens 20 minutes after that coffee, my mouth goes back to eucalyptus and lemon. It's incredible like for three hours, but anyway. Um, so I wrote floss and I wrote, start investing in cryptocurrency. Your parents will likely not know anything about this. If you need information, come to me for this. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, and I know that goes over everyone's head and I'm so happy it doesn't go over mine anymore because now I realize what that missed opportunity has cost me and I'm like, oh my God, just let me in while the gate's still open. And lastly, um, I said, start treating your bedroom and the kitchen and the bathroom like they're your own private apartment, dishes in the sink. Doing the laundry, if you can get in the habit of doing that, it'll never be a huge hindrance when it's your own place. But when I think of these things that took me this long to figure out, my first response is always, How can I package this and hand this information down so everyone has it? So mm-hmm. dealing with even with this kitchen pest problem, I want to deal with it in such a way that I'm like, okay, so you got your first apartment. Nope, nope, nope. As you unpack those groceries. That goes into a container. And then that goes into the freezer for three days first. And here's why, because if there's anything in there, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, it's who I am that everything I that comes to me, my first thought is how can I share? It's why I'm a playwright. It's why I'm a, mm. a, a performer. Because even as a kid, as my life was happening to me, and I was aware that I was aware of it at the time, As I'm in a situation, I am experiencing it in terms of how am I going to tell this story? As it's happening to me, I'm thinking, well, oh, so then I said to him, and that's why I've done things in my life only so that I'm like, listen, I'm about to say something awful. But when I look back and I tell this story, this will be the punchline. And that's why I said so and so to such and such because blah, blah, blah. But That's just who I am that everything that I have and come up with, like my drag daughter, if I'd mentioned this is allergic to everything. So I started making this spreadsheet that I'm turning into a program where you can go on online, check off every single thing that you are allergic to. I don't care if it's potatoes, we got you. And then You can be like, all right, what do you want? You want ice cream? Boom, here's all the ice creams that match your allergen profile. You want products? Boom, here's all the products that match your allergen profile. Green light, yellow light, red light. Red light, it's like, girl, no, it's an avocado, you'll die. My drag daughter can't even be in the same room with an avocado. It's like the worst allergy. But like, you know, like if there's um, a little bit of apple cider vinegar low on the ingredient list, he'll be like, mm, I can tolerate that. Mm-hmm. That is a yellow light. Green mm-hmm. light is like, eat all you want.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: like, rather than just helping cook for my friend, and this is all to scratch, the own itch in my brain. My brain is very itchy. I, I have had syphilis once or twice, though. So um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Strike that. Don't strike that. But um, <laughs> My favorite argument when I'm arguing with a troll is I'm like, first of all, I don't like the word what. I just like starting, the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, my guess is neurosyphilis. Is this neurosyphilis? Oh my
2: God, yes. When it goes to
1: your brain, like you become like ferocious. Like it's almost like the human, I'm totally mischaracterizing this, but it's like, you go crazy from it. And I did, that's not an original joke. I'm borrowing that from someone else, but I've repurposed it in a way that I have repackaged it as my own, but I love I love coming for trolls. Is like, listen, like your neurosyphilis is at the keyboard right now. I need you to step away, take the penicillin, call me in three days. Anyway, mm-hmm. but get that shit under control. This is just what I love to do. Is like come up with solutions that can make the world a better place and an easier to navigate place to make it easier for everyone to win and have success. I relate to you so much even beyond that isn't just so that we can have success navigating your allergies what's on the other side of having to do that Mm
2: -hmm. if
1: you never even have like right now in someone's life navigating racism it's is its own journey for the point of getting to the other side what if You didn't even have to navigate that own journey. Like these problems should be out of our way. So we are then free to experience who are we really in terms of who could we really be? If no one was ever hindered by a food and I have like no food allergies, like commercial soy milk makes my mouth itch for some reason, but making my own soy milk doesn't. And like sweet potatoes make me gassy for 36 hours. You don't even want to know. But like, I don't really have any like life-threatening allergies to anything. Yeah. But I can, my heart goes out to people who are like, literally, I cannot have soy or wheat, I will die. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I love the idea that like that person should never have to even deal with that. And if that issue, like, I was working with a friend once who's trans and was just talking about all these things that she has to fight, and I was like. If, and she's a big activist in, in New York and so much of her life is about trans activism. I'm like, if you never even had to fight for your rights, if you even never even had to fight for trans people.
0: What would you be doing?
1: What would you be doing? And she's like, I really like comics. And I'm like, cool. Like what if life was just about like, everything's out of the way. We've solved the food and the medicine and the housing problem. I mean, if you want to go to work so that you can have these other things, cool. But like, you can also kind of just kick back and just enjoy the world. And I know that we're all triggered by that thinking, but then what are you contributing to society? What you're contributing to society is happiness.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: contributing happiness. You are contributing. Could you imagine if I, there's about a thousand or, or so units in my apartment building. Imagine a thousand households in my building. Damn. Imagine if every single family in this building even though I've never met them and never will if every one of them is the happiest person on earth mm. you can't tell me that that's not going to impact me that I'm not going to be like I don't know what it is about this building but like I love being here and that is also sort of what intentionality right. gives us when we design a space intent. my old apartment friends would be like being in your apartment is like womb like
0: Time stands
1: yeah. still and I feel so like I'm regenerating and I'm healing. And I'm like, that is why I painted my entire apartment dark blue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which people, like, pe- I, anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the, one of the last question or the last question I like to ask people is because we start with this conscious clueless and every interview I loved, I love doing this and you're a podcaster as well. And it's just so amazing the conversations that come out of this and what I always want to know is because I'm always so inspired by people is like so what are you doing to take care of yourself because everyone I talk to is like changing the world right and what do you do to like slow down and take care of yourself even like the smallest silliest thing
1: I guess I'm thinking water not just Hmm. drinking water but I've developed did I talk about my water routine like my distilled water but mm-hmm. first I, I filter the water then I distill it and then mm-hmm. I whatever there's something about that routine that I find very satisfying mm. when I think about it in terms of like wait but if this is my routine then this means I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life this is I'm Sisyphus I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life pouring water it's like girl calm down just right. just just fill up the pitcher. Um, it's. I think all the energy drinks and all the diet soda I drink have made me like hydrophobic. Like over the years, I've become someone who like, I don't want to drink water. I don't like drinking water. Once I started drinking distilled water, I was just like I'll, like, I'll fill up a nearly one liter bottle and I'll drink it in like two sips. Like I can't, oh my God, I love it. It's such a treat. When you start drinking distilled water, it, some people don't like the taste at first. It has a natural, just H- and two and oh naturally (laughs) has a sweetness to it Mm -hmm. it's this naturally kind of sweet thing um doing that is uh me taking care of myself you know the other thing i'm I'm doing that's taking care of myself i kind of feel like it's almost like grown-up me is rescuing little ben from a briar patch of stuff i have been Paul bunioning through this apartment and chopping down the crap that's been in my way and just like, okay, we're going to build this closet. We're going to get this stuff together. We're going to organize it. The more I situate my, I kind of said this last time, the more I situate my environment, my home, the way I need things to be, uh, the more my mind is able to be at peace. Right. And the more my mind is in my mind and my eye is able to rest. And that's so important um, for my well-being, I'm I'm realizing. Mm -hmm. So for my self-care is drinking water, making sure I've taken enough water, Um, treating myself to the expensive uh, algae oil. It's better Mm. than fish oil. It's like, it's what the fish are eating. Take that for your ADHD instead. (laughs) Letting myself um, have that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I, I, I hate, I always could bring it back to this, but like all the spreadsheets, like I didn't go for a run before this, but I kept thinking, okay, before I go for the run, I'm going to do this and 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 this, and then I'm out of time. But that frenetic energy forces me to concentrate. I went through and paid all my bills. I just hemorrhaged money, but my bills are now paid through like November 10th. Mm -hmm. And that but that's possible for me because of the spreadsheets i've made that track these things for me so like creating i, w- I want to say this in more general terms like doing what i need to do to make sense for my brain to create order out yes. of my life yep that and like exercising i have not been extra I, I i was training for sort of like a half marathon hashtag run for regan you can find that probably all over my social media okay but um once I did the half marathon, I kind of stopped exercising and at like, all. <laughs> <did> from <it.
2: laughs> March. And I, from
1: March, I started running because my gym was closed a few weeks prior. I got the idea I was going to do this. I I had about six training runs to get from I can run three miles to I'm running 13 miles. Sure, it's sure kind of sure. hard in six runs, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but somewhere out of nowhere, two days ago, I woke up and kind of like run Lola run like I just was like okay mm. run I haven't run in weeks yep. once maybe I'm like go outside and go running and it's almost become not a compulsion but it's like there's suddenly a strong itch when I wake up to like get outside and go run or hop on the peloton down in the gym and go so, so basically water move organization move. making my home my sanctuary and taking care of my body. Um, And I guess I'll tie into that hygiene, like letting myself stick to my skincare regimen. It's so often the first thing to go. And, you know, like ADHD, the tools only work so long as they're novel. Once giving myself like a full steam facial with extractions is no longer like, ooh, how fun. It's like, well, why even bother washing my face today? It's been three days in a row. I'll just go to bed. Guys can get away with that for some reason. But letting myself do that. And lastly, I'll say I have this nagging voice, which has been telling me, build yourself a corner mirrored makeup vanity and create it as a dual purpose like it's your makeup vanity and it's also your altar like your place where you sit with your special stuff and get centered i really am feeling the absence of an altar in my home Mm. so that's another self-care thing i think that's it
0: beautiful yeah so beautiful um i adore you Aww. And honestly, was looking forward to this interview all day. Oh, and it like kept I w- me going. I was like, shit show. Okay, no, that's all right. I got a great interview. Oh. Okay, we're, it's going to be great. So thank you so much for doing a part two. I was telling my friends and family like the people I tell about the podcast and like keep up to date and I'm like really excited. I was like, we just talked so much and it was so fun that we have to do a part two that's never happened before with a guest. Oh,
1: (laughs) I I tell you, I have such shame around my ADHD. um, And I'm kind of just now really starting to realize this. Mm -hmm. I am an apology for my ADHD, I, mm. I, I, I by default, usually I, I walk around as an apology for the way I am. Mm-hmm. And I, I so Sounds want heavy. to apologize for the time I took up. Because I know most interviews, people are usually like an hour or so. And um, it feels on my, I always feel like it's selfish and whatever. It's, I'm finally, this is the fun thing about turning 41. By the time you're 41 and you're still the way you've always been, you're finally like, yeah, it's just me. <laughs> uh, There's someone in recovery who asked me to, to sponsor him again. I was his sponsor, I think for the first five years he was sober and then he went in a different direction. And now he's like, could you be my sponsor again? And so we're working together again. And he asked for some advice with something and I went on this. He, he's in the coffee business and in the, like the food business. And he went on, he, he was asking for advice with this work situation. He got screwed out of something and he's out of work and looking for a job. I went on this tangent that required him to watch that documentary that came out about Dolly Parton. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, first things first, here's what you need to know about Dolly Parton, okay? when she was starting off and i mean like it was relevant but by the end of it i was like i'm like i'm sorry this is such a tant and then i'm like oh wait there was a bit of a comfort here because i'm like you asked me to be your sponsor mm. you already know who you're asking mm-hmm. you already know who you have you called me mm-hmm. so that i would be on the phone with you i'm just gonna trust that you knew this was how I was likely to be. So I'm giving myself the gift. That's the other thing for my self-care. I am giving myself the gift of letting myself be the way I know I am.
0: Hmm. Ooh. Oh man, I was you're getting me like a little. <laughs> <laughs> for <clumped.
1: laughs> That was I, one of those like I knew to stop before my mouth ran off the cliff because I'm like it's effective if I stop talking right there and let those words the hang. Pregnant
0: pause, like we talked about last paws! time. Yes, yes. Oh, oh my gosh.
1: referencing part one and the part two. Ooh, Can so I just fun. say, I used to joke I only have two human emotions: pity and jealousy. Oof, and I do not pity. The work that you put into your podcast because i was sharing it with a friend i was like i'm gonna be on this podcast today and then i shared with him because you made it so shareable because normally i tell people my podcast i'm like yeah just go to big they don't follow podcasts, podcast so they can't get a little bite-sized sample i'm like oh here's a little bite-sized sample a little bit
2: mm-hmm. either as a
1: text quote or as an audio mm-hmm. and i shared that with him and i was like am I really going to go back and re-edit my entire podcast going back like 120 some episodes? I'm like, yep, I really am. I really am. I was going to anyway, but now because of you seeing how you do it, I want to go back and do that as well. And basically Mm -hmm. re-release every old episode of my podcast. Yeah.
0: Super fun. Well, thank you for saying that because this is like becoming such a passion for me. And every time I put this microphone out, with mm. these headphones on, I'm like, this is what I'm this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: I have to say, like, I've I've done a lot of these, as you can imagine, in however many years I've had a podcast. Mm-hmm. You're really good at this, and I really like you. Like Thank I really you. like you, and I really like specifically talking to you. When I say talking to you, I kind of do mean to you because I've really done I really dominated <laughs> the conversation. But there is a space that you create. Kind of like I used to tell Bob the Drag Queen when I go and see your show, like your audience is a place and Bob mm. will never get to be there. I think a director, I'm sorry, all these analogies I'm jumping as we're wrapping up, but I was in a production of the Mikado, which I would never do again because it's racist. It's literally white people painting themselves to look Asian and then doing an opera. But on opening night, our director said to us, and I forget the name of the town where the Mikado takes place, but let's just call it Mikado Town. He's like, listen, up until tonight, I have been the director. I have been guiding you. Mm -hmm. You are the ones occupying this world. Mm -hmm. I can't ever go there with you all i can do is guide you towards it but you are it and tonight as it's his opening night tonight i detach and disengage i'm just an audience now and it is yours now and that's how i feel like with bob i'm like you'll never get to sit in your audience and behold your audience with that said your audience Mm -hmm. well as as you create an audience for your listeners and the space that you've created for me as a guest, it is so welcoming and there's, you make everything right in the sense that like, if I'm a little late, you make me, you make me right that I'm late. You make me right that I went on a tangent rather than like, we make people wrong for things but someone once told me, they're like, we're doing this event, It's we have a great problem to have. We have way too many people. It's like double the capacity. So you're naturally, you're gonna walk into the room and you're gonna notice you can't shimmy by that aisle where you can normally get by. You're gonna have to like crowd around someone's kneecap. <laughs> Your natural instinct will be to make it wrong. Like, oh, this shouldn't be this way. This shouldn't be this way. And they're like, make it right.
0: Mm-hmm. Whatever it is,
1: make it right. Like, yes, this is the way this should be. This nagging person—they're exact. This is exactly the way they're supposed to be nagging at me, and you bring such a um, a way of make right about you that it's very um, affirming because I ha. I, even though I'm apologizing after the fact for, I'm sorry I took up all this time and I'm sorry I'm now taking up more time as we're wrapping it up, but <laughs> I've, I've not just known, I've felt that it's okay um, as a product of who you are for people. So thank you for doing that. Um, it's, 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 not, it's, it's not an everyday kind of occurrence for me and it's not an everyday kind of a conversation. So yeah, I mean, I'm a fan, keep doing this.
0: Thank you so much for saying that. I'm like trying not to cry here, and
1: you <laughs> I,
0: I realize I'm making
1: you emotional. I'm like, stop it, stop it, don't make it emotional. No, that's
0: okay. No, that's okay. It's, yeah. It was also. It's just I think because it's um, validating.
1: Too. Oh, I thought you were gonna say allergies. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just allergies. Uh, no, well, yeah, it's it is. It's validating. Val- but, like, we all want validation, and we all want to be acknowledged, and. I think what better than to leave someone feeling heard and acknowledged that's the gift i try to give people constantly mm-hmm. leave them feeling heard and acknowledged mm-hmm. and um uh we are often so stingy with letting ourselves be acknowledged mm-hmm. and i recognize mm-hmm. that you let yourself be acknowledged right now mm-hmm. rather than like it would have been so easy to be like no it's just oh no it's just like, I oh, I was having a good in day in front of today. My mouth. Oh, yeah, funny I body was, language with that. And yeah. I was
0: just like, okay, let him compliment you. Like, I was having this thought. I was like, it's okay. Like, this is a good thing.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. hard,
0: but th- thank you for saying that and, and yeah. letting me hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just campaigning for a part three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, we, I
0: hope we continue to be in contact.
1: And hey, listen! Anytime you want to be on Big Fat Vegan Radio, I for anyone listening, if you go to bigfatveganradio.com, I created a, a page for be on the show. So whether you're like, I've always wanted to do a feature about vegan fast food restaurants you can pitch a idea to me like hey i want to do a special report and like you send it to me as an audio file put it together i'll run it so on an on episode or if you want to be interviewed or if you want to just co-host an episode with me um so if you ever want to do any of that let me know
0: that sounds amazing i'm in yeah. all of above. all of it
1: I can't wait to listen to this episode, even though I said all of it myself, but uh, no, it was really fun. fun to listen to.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So thank yeah. you again and take care of yourself tonight Yeah. as we all oh, need right. to do every day, but like a little you bit You also more. made
1: me forget about that for two hours. So thank you. I know you. <laughs> that was a good
0: thing, but now I'm going to go in and like see what's happening.
1: Yeah. Same.
0: <sighs> okay. All well, right. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you are enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, text it to a friend, send it to a family member, share on social media, whatever you can, I greatly appreciate it. And if you want to be read on air as a review of the week, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you might just hear your review on air in a Sunday solo episode. I am really loving all the reviews that come in. And if you can take just two seconds to go leave a review, it really does make my day. Until next time.